Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Another day we get right into hockey talk. Our listeners have demanded it. They want it this time of year, so let's do it. Given what's happening to the Penguins, we got late-breaking news yesterday that Brian Rust is not on this Western uh, swing Starting in Vancouver tonight against Rick Tockett, Jim Rutherford, and a lot of ex-Penguins. A first-place team. Six games to go before the NHL trade deadline, and now you don't have Jake Gensel, your second-leading scorer, and you don't have Brian Rust, who's come alive on Sidney Crosby's line. Instead, you have Mike Sullivan talking up Riley Smith. Who doesn't want to be here, by the way. And has 10, you know that for a fact? Uh, Rob Rossi wrote today. And doesn't I think- like it. Emily Kaplan at ESPN does a uh, does like a hockey rumors sort of post, like like an Elliot Friedman style thing, or did one. And I want to say Emily even alluded to the idea that Smith has never really meshed here. I think Rob wrote, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but there are questions as to whether or not he's ever really wanted to play in Pittsburgh. Remember, it's not like he signed here; he was traded here. Uh, I think the the thought on him for a while has been he would prefer to be back in Vegas. He's just been kind of a not quite a malcontent, but a guy who pretty clearly would rather be elsewhere. Who was underachieved, 10 goals, 24 yeah, the play, points. The, the, play makes it, the play makes it very plausible that Riley Smith, the explanation is that Riley Smith doesn't want to be here because he's played like a guy who doesn't want to be right, here. All right, now that Brian Rust is also going to miss at least two-thirds of the games left before the trade deadline, your new outlook on the Penguins is? I mean, they're probably dead in the water here, man. They're two two of their three their two best wingers, and two of their most uh, reliable players overall, aren't going to play, and they need to. I saw Rossi also write they need to maybe go six and zero during these games to get back into the swing of it and like and get close enough where they consider trying to add. What do you do at this point if you're Kyle Dubas? Other than one of two things, you don't try to I think augment this team at this point. And I know I've said that they should, but at this point. Playing for this year is just standing pat until the last possible second. And then because they're probably not going to go 5-1 and one or 6-0, and oh, jettisoning what you can, which means Riley Smith and 
So help me God if you can find somebody that wants Ricard Raquel's contract, him too, and I guess setting yourselves up for the retool. And if you find a taker for Tristan Jari, same deal. Like somebody that actually wants to pay a pretty good price for that guy, same deal. But so you've done a 180 on this, it well, I just, like. I mean, I've, I've acknowledged reality. At, like, it just isn't likely that they're going to go on some sort of a run here. Guys are getting hurt left and right. Gensel being hurt hasn't dimmed the idea that people want to trade for him. I mean, at some point, even I, the guy who says there's no guarantee that things are going to be better next year, there's no guarantee Crosby's going to have another insane season, although I would bet on it because he's Crosby. There's no guarantee any of the other aging core pieces are going to rebound from the seasons they've had or Carlson's going to rebound. At some point, I have to confront reality, Pony. Like, they played well enough to beat the Flyers and maybe keep flickering hopes alive, but no Gensel, no Rust means either Sidney Crosby does something Herculean here for the next two weeks or real, not even two weeks, or reality sets in. And they get their heads kicked in by better teams while they're very shorthanded. Dominic, your opening salvo yesterday was that the win over the Flyers avoided a waving of the white flag and kept trades from happening. Now that Rust is out, do you want to get that white flag out or you still want to keep it in the basement, folded up and there for safekeeping. You ready to take it out and wave it yet? Sounded like you called me Dom right there for a second, but nonetheless, uh, I, I think you're you're starting to get the the white flag out of the bag. <laughs> Is it like the little one, the American flag Don King used to wave at boxing You have boxing to fold match? it. They yeah. taught us in Boy Scouts. You have to fold it up a certain way. Like the American flag? Yes. Yeah, you fold it up triangular. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're starting to get it out of the you bag. You can't let it touch the ground either. That was a big no-no for uh, our troop leader. Yeah, you have, to, you have to fold it in like alternating triangles and then tuck the, the last piece of it in. Is and it flag code he taught us it? the right way to burn an American flag. Once it's like out of use and out of service. Yeah, he said that's what you do. You don't just throw it in the garbage, you burn it. Yeah. And uh, me and my buddy Mike McNamara stole the lighter. Uh-huh. And then we started... Uh, we started uh, setting a flame to uh, a few copies of Sports Illustrated for kids. Oh, man, where they had the Big Shots posters in the middle? Yeah, it was pretty fun. I was a pyro. I'm going to come right out and say it. I had a buddy that would just, like, try to burn bushes in his backyard, and then we were like, yo, green stuff doesn't really burn that I mean, easily. call me crazy, but a good afternoon for me when I was eight or nine years old was playing with matches. I don't think kids really get to do that anymore. I mean, would you say that that's a good thing that yeah. kids don't get to do that anymore? I mean, I mean they're well, missing your out. mom was playing with matches too, they're but missing, it was to like light the. They're missing out the on bowl. one of life's. Uh, oh, so you, you're saying pleasures. It's, a, it's a bad thing that kids aren't allowed to do this? No, I, I guess we can't. They can't be trusted. I mean, Lennox would burn our house down. There's no question. He's got a healthy fear of knives. I had now. a friend, Paul Del Bono, that burned his house down. Paul Del Bono. Yeah, Del Bono. Del Bono. Yes. Related to Steve? Not Del Boner. Del Bono. Or Del, yeah, well, Del Berna. <laughs> He burned, burned his, his house, house down. down. Yeah. Whole thing. Yep. Parents had, had a how very you, attractive single mom, too. How, how do you come back from that with your mom? I don't know if you do. Hey, mom, sorry I burned the house down. Can we eventually and the new house wasn't as nice as the old house. Of course house. it wasn't. Insurance money, probably. Like, oh, you let your idiot kid burn the house down? And it was yeah. playing with fireworks. I wasn't there. But you wish you had been. <laughs> and I wish I could have seen it when Del Bono burned the All old right, so house Donnie's down. so Donnie's getting the flag out is what he's saying here. He thinks this Are is you? a very bad thing. I know you had the flag out earlier, but now, I mean, you asked us, what do you want to well, see done? And I, okay. I conceded to reality. What do let, you want let, done? Let me, let me see if I get either pushback from this or if people agree with me. I think this is a good thing. I don't want them to win. 
And I say that as someone who roots for the Penguins and has their best interest in mind. I want them to go to Vancouver and lose tonight. Mm -hmm. I want them to go to Seattle two nights later and lose again. And then I want them to go to Alberta and get crushed by the Flames and Oilers. And I want Kyle Dubas to get forced into a position where they are thinking about next year and beyond and not keeping their fingers crossed and keeping their hopes up that this is the year and they win three of four or they get seven points out west here. So if you want them to lose and, out, you're going to formally predict them to win these four games, correct? No, I'm, I'm – I'm, oh, the jinx deal? Yeah. I mean, you got to go on and say, I think the Penguins – you just need to send one tweet here and say, I think the Penguins found something against the hated Flyers. They're going to tour Western Canada, and they are going to get it done. And then I think they're as good as dead. Because I was talking about this with Pomp last night. He thinks that it's possible if they're six or seven points out at the deadline, they'll hold on to Gensel and just try to ride it out. And I think that's the worst scenario. Because at that point, I still think that they're a long shot to make the playoffs. They'll miss out and they'll have gotten nothing back. And this will just be a season where it goes down the tubes. It circles around the drain. You miss the playoffs two years in a row. And you wouldn't you would have done nothing to restock the cupboard. It's still bare. It's still barren. Nothing productive would come out of this year other than the fact that we got to watch Sidney Crosby play. That's it. Well, no other progress got made. I guess I disagree. No other gains. No other strides. I disagree with Bob in this sense. I, I think everything Kyle Dubas has said has gently, eat, like very slowly eased in the direction of Kyle Dubas is going to trade Jake Gensel. Almost regardless of how this And you West think Coast that would happen goes. if they have a winning trip and they're five points out at the deadline? If they go three and one in these next four, I think he might think twice about it. That, but, I don't even want that but to I be still on the don't, table. But That's... I still don't think that they would actually hold on to him. So right now, they are seven points behind the Flyers, and they have four games in hand. So theoretically, they win these four games in hand. The Flyers choke a little bit. They're back in it, but they're really Mosey, that's not going to happen. You say that, but he's throwing around Aretha Franklin's favorite word. He's talking about respect for these guys and how he doesn't want to do anything because he has so much respect for what they've done and doesn't what they that, could do. But doesn't that more translate to I'm going to hang on to the idea that they could come back close to as long as possible before probably doing but if what they, everyone knows if I'm going to do? If they're like five points out and they have games in hand – and they're still technically in the race, I don't think he's going to hit, I don't think he's going to abort mission. I think he's going to let it play out. And I think that's the worst possible outcome. That's why I just, I kind of just want to get it over with. So you're ready for the execution. Yeah, and I don't think it has to mean like, ding dong, the witch is dead. They'll never, ever, ever compete again with this core. I mean, hopefully they retool it and reload and they look different and they look better next year and with still Sidney Crosby as the face of the franchise and with Malkin at 38 and Chris Letang at 37 and Eric Carlson at 34. I know it sounds far-fetched, but maybe with some new faces around them, some younger faces, maybe there is a guy or two they pick up over the next two weeks that fits into their future plans and makes them a better team. But if you win and you keep hope alive, you hang on to Gensel and risk him walking away for nothing. And I just, I don't, and also some of the other guys we talk about that have a couple years on their contract that might have value. 
around the league. I don't think that this decision Kyle Dubas is facing necessarily is just up to how the Penguins do. If the Flyers keep on winning, the Penguins can go 3-1. and one. And if Philly plays well in that same time frame, the Penguins make up no ground. I don't so think I don't he'd think sell there, though, because I think he'd be like, we're playing well and we're trending in the right direction and we still got at least a quarter of the season left. Let's see where it goes. I think in order for them to, to, to trade Gensel and do some of these other things, they've got to lose out west here. And I think it's okay as a Penguins fan to say that's what you want. Even though, like, if you look at them, the odd thing is if they got onto a hot streak to play devil's advocate, you could look at the fact that they have a positive goal differential despite where they are in the standings I know, and say, but we've been, I've maybe been it's a team finally figuring out their level. I've been talking myself. Uh, so been, you've talked yourself into that enough that now you're just ready to be done with it because it hasn't it hasn't borne fruit yet. Chris, one of the vibe. things you rip the Steelers is, like, we have the same conversations about them over and over no, again. No, I had this at 7-7. Seven seven, so I is, wanted them to lose the last three so, games. So where is that epiphany on the Penguins for you? No, I mean, I'm coming around to it. I am. I mean, I just – I think that – Brian Rust being out now and Gensel being out is going to be a clarifying thing for Dubas because I guess we're talking about what we want to happen. What I think is going to happen is they're going to get beat badly enough that it like drives home the point, hey. And how will that make uh, you feel if their season ends so be in it. the next few days? So be it. I mean, it's what happens when you're not a, a young team anymore. I, you know what it's going to really make me feel? It's going to make me think, how the hell did you guys as a collective over there screw up your power play this badly? Because if your power play was league average, we wouldn't be having this conversation. They'd probably have 70-plus points at this point and be firmly in playoff position. And we'd be talking about only, hey, just weather the storm with Gensel and Rust and who are they going to add to try to augment a pretty good team for a playoff run. The goaltending's been pretty good. Like, my big concern would be, did Jari get rattled, giving up six goals? But I'm going to be most pissed off that what was supposed to be their calling card, a great power play, has just completely let them down. 412-928-9370, do you agree with me? Do you want the Penguins to lose out West, become sellers, trade Jake Gensel, and move on and turn the page? 412-928-9370, or do you completely disagree with that? Just your take on the Penguins now that Brian Rust is... Pretty simple question for Penguins fans. Is it better for them to lose these games? Coming up tonight in Vancouver, Seattle, a couple nights from, from now, and then in Canada against Edmonton and Calgary. No Brian Rust. Kyle Dubas weighing his options, factoring in these results. If the Penguins win and keep it close, is that really what's best for them? To give it another shot here with Jake Gensel and keep the band together and keep the team intact and... Hope, keep your fingers crossed that over the next 20 games, they get their bleak together and can make the playoffs. 412-928-9370. Here is Lee to start us off. Hello, Lee. Do I think Gensel's fate is sealed regardless of how they do. Do you think he's gone? Yeah. So if they won every single game before the deadline and they were in a playoff spot, they trade him? Yeah. No, they wouldn't. You don't think so? No. If they're in a playoff spot, they're not going to trade their best goal scorer with Sid. Lee, what do you want them to do? Actually, what that championship court is, never, they're not, if, with Sid, you never can tell. If they get on a roll, they go win it all. You know what? 
I would love to agree with you there, and I think for a large part of this season, I kept holding out a weird amount of hope that that was exactly mm-hmm. right. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. This might this might surprise you. Watching that 7-6 game against the Flyers actually pissed me off more than it made me happy. Because even in a game yeah, was, where their power play cashed the in twice. They kept giving up. Well, yeah, they that, that like drove home for me, Lee. Like, I can't trust this team. What have I been doing all year? Lee, they've had Sidney Crosby healthy for every playoff run since their last Stanley Cup, and they haven't won a single playoff series. So yeah. you can pray, sit up and down, and say as long as you got him, you always have a shot, but that hasn't been the case. They missed the playoffs with Sid playing all 82 games last year. Yeah, you're right. Thank you, Lee. Oddly enough, oddly enough, I still think there are a lot of people out there who pretty much feel more or less the same way he said he feels. Ah, they've always got a shot. They, uh, Time out. You think there are people out there that think, hey, if it they, gets if, going out I think west, there are people look out, out for yes. this team. Eight seeds can yes. go on runs all the time. Well, then let's open up the phone lines again, Donnie. 412-928-9370. Let's see if any of those brave souls pe- want to call I think into there the are PM people team who think today. Two things about the Penguins. Well, then they're not rooting for them to lose in Vancouver. They're rooting That's... for them to win because, hey, you get in, you take your chances. Yes. Don't trade Gensel. We need to protect Jake Gensel at all costs. Trade Riley Smith because he doesn't want to be here. Maybe. Um, Trade the guy on the team that's won the Stanley Cup most recently. Okay, what does that count for? All that, all that cup-winning experience when he would rather be on the Vegas Strip and not like going to, you know. You think that's what Washington. he misses about being in Vegas—that he can get a slice of pizza at five o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I think he misses the Vegas lifestyle. Is what I would guess. That seems to be what everyone's telegraphing. I don't know. I think there are casual Penguins fans out there. I'm not saying that. I think he just doesn't want to be here. He got traded from the team that won the cup to a team that right now is out of a playoff spot. No one, by the way, no one, no one calling in to make that point. So uh, I just think there are some not people out there. out there casually. Well, at least they're not. They're not so willing to admit. They're not willing okay. to come on the air and say, "Yes, I do believe that this team can still so win the ashamed, Stanley Cup." So they're ashamed. Ashamed of their feelings. They about just don't the want to call in and talk about it. I think there are people who believe if you could ever get this power play sorted out somehow, like a magic switch got flipped, they'd be dangerous. And if they could coax Mario Lemieux to come out of retirement and sign with the team, they'd be dangerous too. I mean, come on. Their power play is just going to all of a sudden abracadabra no, I think be it better. Sucks. No, I think it sucks. And it's probably going to suck the rest of the year because they've got a bunch of guys who are too deferential to each other. That's what Yager said while well, he, he wasn't dropping F-bombs well, on he's, the air he's, and bragging about his 29-year-old girlfriend. Man, that was still one hell of a line to toss yes, in the it middle was. there offhandedly. You know who always wants to talk about the Penguins? Our number two fan, Jeff in South Park. Hello, Jeff. Yes, that is true. I always do. And um, I actually think um, no matter what happens, short of them going 4-0 and on this uh, road trip, which I, I don't see that happening, maybe they go 2-2 two and two and I'll be happy. But uh, short of them going 4-0, and I think Dubas is leaning towards uh, trading Jake Gensel no matter what. And um, I've made You actually think they could occupy a playoff spot and trade him? Um. I mean, so there's six games till the trade deadline, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's possible that they could go four and two or three and three in these next six games. Maybe a few of the other teams in front of them uh, lose, so they're much, much closer to being in a playoff spot. And I, I, I think, I think Dubis is leaning towards trading Gensel, especially because unless they have something in the works where it's going to be a uh, trade and immediately signs an extension with whoever he's traded to, you still even leave the door open for him coming back in the off season. And that's not unprecedented. 
because uh, Mark Recchi has done that before. So um, you have that window as well. Here's the thing. Like, I just, I refuse to give up on them because it's me. You know, I mean, if I'm going to stay but up you late, give up on the Steelers, Jeff. My God, they lose to a two-win team, and you're ready to call in and say, screw this team. But with the Penguins, all of a sudden, they could lose to these uh, bottom-feeding teams and have the worst power play in the league, and you can't well, quit you know, them. It's funny, it's funny you say that because, like, I didn't give up on them last year until they had those horrible last two games of the regular season where they did lose to the bottom feeder. Well, that feeders, was convenient timing. Gave up on them right I, as they I, gave yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they were going to finish. No games to watch. Jeff, I got to say, that's pretty neat and tidy on your part. I didn't give up until they lost two you games and, and their season no was over. Guys, the NHL season is just too long. It's too long. I mean, there's just too much time to make up ground. <laughs> and if I'm, if I'm going to stay up late not, Jeff, and watch two games, if there's too I want to be rewarded with good I know, but if there's too much time to make up ground, to quote you, then you're telling me if they're five points out at the deadline with games in hand, you endorse them trading Gensel and think they will? So I personally do. I mean, I can't get inside Dubas's mind. I can't, but I, I, I think he is definitely getting closer to being comfortable with that idea. Personally, I would. I, I, I mean, because I just don't think that you trade Gensel and all of a sudden you're a bottom feeder. feeder. I just don't believe that. Well, you're that. not making the playoffs if you trade him this year. I mean, maybe. But- oh, come on, Jeff. I love you, but please. He hasn't. Get, he wouldn't give up on him. I'm just imagining Jeff very satisfied at the end of last year, or ticked off, doing the old dusting his hands off motion. Well, I've finally given I mean, up that on would these be the, guys. That would be the ultimate. You trade him, you get young players back, you get a pick back, and you still somehow get hot enough to make the playoffs. And you get a little bit of that at the end of the year. Probably not any kind of real postseason success, but you know you take your chances, kind of thing. That'd be really ha- that'd be having it both ways. Have your cake and eat it too. Uh, the Flyers are the team they're chasing. I feel like it's worth looking at. Who do the Flyers have these next couple days while the Penguins are out west? They have the Lightning. Tough game. Then they have the Capitals. That's kind of a lose lose situation for the Penguins, though. Right. Then they have the Capitals. Uh, not as tough a game. Then they have the Senators, who absolutely suck. And then they have the St. Louis Blues, who are out of the playoffs, uh, outside looking in in the West. I mean, they could easily go 3-1 and one in that stretch. Clemson is a really good rebounding team. They're a very good defensive team. Very good. They're a very physical team. And they're a really good offensive team. And the kid Shifflin is maybe as improved as anybody in this whole league. When you look at the numbers that he's putting up, especially the rebounding numbers, he's the ultimate glue guy. But we really have to do a better job defensive rebounding, defending in the post, our ball screen defense, our transition defense, because we were really bad the last time we played them. 7 o'clock on the fan is Pitt Clemson. We'll have Panther Hoops preview at 6 to break down this gigantic game. If Pitt's going to make the NCAA tournament, they probably have to win this one because their remaining regular season schedule does not have the resume building wins. We've had their record games you really can't lose. You need another signature win, and this would be for Pitt its third colossal road win. They won at Duke. They won at Virginia. Uh, Is the season a failure if Pitt misses the tournament? Yes. 
It is. You thought about that for a little bit. I know. I was running. Well, I didn't know what you were going to say here, so I had to at least come up with something. Um, because I think in Carrington and Lowe, they now have two very good players back there, even though they're freshmen. And it's one, it's Hinson's last year. They have those two. In the NIL world, there's hardly a guarantee that they keep those two backcourt guys. Hinson has been more or less as advertised. He's been great for most of the year. Uh, and so with all of that, having come off of a tournament appearance last year where you actually won a game and me feeling like at least the team I've watched lately is better than last year's team, yeah, it would bother me. And there's no guarantee. Like, if this is the old days where, hey, you know that Carrington and Lowe are probably both going to be here minimum two years together, maybe three, you feel like you're on the cusp of something really great. But right now, you have no idea what next year holds. I'd want them to just try to get in and see if they can make a little bit of a racket in the NCAA tournament. Donnie, season of failure if Pitt misses the big dance? I don't think I'm going failure. Uh, last year was a lot of fun. It completely came out of nowhere, and I think that's why. It's like Pitt finally for the first time in nearly a decade, and like they had to rise from the ashes. Like the time. Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, Phoenix they're, Suns. their years with Kevin Stallings and even a couple of the early ones with Capel, like they were in the pits of their history in college basketball. I, I, I don't think I can say failure, though, if they just miss the tournament because they're going to be a team that's close, kind of like last year. They end up getting in. They win a couple of games. It's even more fun to look back on. But I, I think since it all came out of nowhere and we know that how that team was built and we had a couple of guys that were able to stick around for more than a year, Henson being the main one, I also think the way that college basketball and college sports are now, like Chris said, there's no guarantee that a guy will stick around. But that can be said for pretty much everywhere. And you think if Cable can pull in some studs like he has these last few years, then, hey, maybe they can consistently be a team that's very close. I think I side with Donnie, but I do think that Chris's argument has merits. I think it's a really tough question. I don't think it's black and white. That's why you probably paused for a second. Because, first of all, I just think the expectations have changed since they left the Big East. There's just not as much juice to pit basketball. The hype isn't there. The interest isn't there. Yeah, we talk about them on the air as much as we can. We don't usually get a lot of feedback or reaction unless we, like, like you did for the Virginia game, like, nail the prediction right and get it spot on, like, word for word. There's just, it's just, it, it, it's, a, it's not it, the they're same, in a conference, Chris. They're in a conference where, where all their rivals used to be mid-Atlantic Northeast teams that I think people geographically felt close to. Now it's a conference where everybody, it's a Southern conference, essentially. And I don't think people feel tethered to that the way that they did to the Big East, the Madison Square Garden, the tough New York kids, all that stuff. Even though they now have a coach who's a true ACC country guy, like one of the truest... I, you're right. It doesn't resonate with people the same way. Um, but as far as it being a failure for me and why I said yes, you know what actually put it over the top? It's literally one game. I'm so enraged that they lost to Missouri, which is going to be a damaging game if they don't get in. If you flip that result, they're probably like very, very, very they're close in, to the field right now. Exactly. That that kind of game, that game makes me so mad, even though I think Capel has done a very admirable job keeping them together and getting their guys to start playing their best at this time of year. 
A game like that's going to drive me nuts. I also am saying this because this has always been, basketball in general, my favorite sport. And so even though we don't talk about it a lot, it's always the one where I wish desperately they were a top 10 team because it would get me very fired up because I love watching it. Got a seemingly nice listener to the show who wanted to argue with me about Mike Tomlin for the entire first half of that Missouri game, which distracted me from watching them. They were trying to do it in like a nice way? Yeah. So they were like, basically, you dog this guy and he deserves better? It was it was a robust debate. Well, they always are. Uh, Kyle Filipowski, update on him. He's just sore. He will play. It's not a major injury. Now that we know that he wasn't badly injured in that court storming. They carried him off. People like Chris Canty, the former Giant and Raven, saying this today on ESPN. Donnie, you can lower the music a little bit. Let's also not pretend like the players don't have to have some more awareness. What we saw from Kyle Filipowski, he's acting like he's going on a walk through the quad on campus where you see that there are fans that are storming the court. He has to have more awareness of the situation and have urgency about getting the hell off the court. Now, I think that they have to do a better job of creating a plan and having that in place. And I get that we don't want to put the onus on the visiting teams, but that has to happen. Bravo. That after... An endless cycle of talking about this. Somebody invented a wholly unique take, which was it was the player's fault for getting hurt in More that situation. More embarrassing, Filipowski getting carried off now that we know he's just sore, or Paul Pierce getting wheelchaired off the court when he had to just take I a I think the wheelchair, dump. because sometimes when you – is someone that had a litany of ankle injuries, sometimes you'd think like when you initially turned your ankle, like you really did very severe, serious damage to it. Okay. So Paul Pierce having to poop really bad and getting wheelchaired off as a result still worse. Yeah, and making Celtics fans think that his career uh, NBA was finals over. and career was possibly over, yeah. You know that Pitt hasn't stormed the court since 1993? Point of pride. You know when they probably would have that done it? That is so wild to me. I bet Why you, is that? I bet you it would have been 98, except for that was the game where Khalid El-Amin in, in Connecticut came back at Fitzgerald and, like, snatched one from the jaws of defeat on them. The Oakland Zoo is so crazy. Like, I'm just surprised that at no point well, I think, they pulled an upset and didn't say the heck with it. Let's go out there. So and I think when Ben Hallen started building the program hell. up, they switched over from Fitzgerald to Peterson at that same time, and I think they were good enough as a program, they felt, by the time they moved to the bigger arena where it was a more rabid student section that they actually felt like it was beneath them. That I remember that being a big talking point like prior to the station coming on the air for several years. We are too good of a team now to storm the court for anything. You know what? I kind of like that. Well, here's here's why I liked it then and I I kind of I love it now in retrospect. They were actually right. Why would you storm the court when you're a top 7 team a lot of the year? Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy low of 50 I expect that we're going to know fairly quickly. I said it's the Super Bowl, but I think more specifically, I think you know, somewhere in the neighborhood next week. There's a couple of factors here. You know, obviously the cap projections came out. We're further down the road with the draft class. Obviously the pro free agents. So I would I would anticipate it being uh, you know within the next two weeks. Sean Payton at the NFL Scouting Combine on Russell Wilson. One of the biggest stories from today in Indianapolis. No Omar Khan. Uh, sad news there, death in the family, so well wishes and condolences to him and his family, so he won't be talking at least for now. Kabali told me that Mike Tomlin hasn't spoken at the Combine since his rookie year as a head coach. He just doesn't believe in it. I'd like to criticize him for that, but at least he shows up to the Combine. There are now coaches who don't even do that. 
Sean McVay. I would think Kyle that, uh, Shanahan. I would think that you would find plenty of cause to criticize that because you just named two coaches who have, in McVay's case, won a Super Bowl in the last couple of years, and in Shanahan's case, routinely contend for one. Maybe they're onto something that Mike isn't. He should stay away, but he's just so into the. He's just a junkie. He loves. He ball. loves ball. He's obsessed with ball. Maybe it's paralysis by analysis at something like this. He goes to the cattle call scouting combine, puts too much stock in it. You know, gets too have into I managed, the. Have I managed now to get you all the way back around a little bit? Gets too intrigued by the football and uh, tight football shorts. And shorts. Look at the Not broad. The real ju- thing. Look at the broad jump on Edgarin. Don't call me Edgerin Cooper. The inside linebacker that the Steelers are going to take with the with their first round pick, and you've already said you'll give it an F grade, no matter yeah. what. Yes, I actually would. They could take the guy, and he could end up making me look foolish and be like a six time All Pro and a Hall of Famer. And I will literally say they got lucky with a bad process. Are you warming to the idea of Russell Wilson in a Steelers uniform? Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Chris, are you? Not really. No, No. it's pretty underwhelming. I mean, he is an upgrade over anything that they would have right now. I saw Bill Barnwell write about him, that he was not much of a downfield passer. He did throw up good numbers, 26 touchdowns, eight picks. We all know that. More touchdown passes than Lamar Jackson. Isn't that astonishing that he got benched late in the year? And I know the other guy runs the ball, and Russell doesn't do that anymore. But still, someone who got benched and is going to get cut and play for the league minimum through more touchdown passes than the MVP last year. It, it is weird. Very I, weird, Chris. It, it's weird, and I know Sean Mc- Has that ever Sean happened McVay. before? Sean Has a guy Payton. got benched in the season and finished with more touchdown passes than the MVP? I'm going to guess no. That's never happened in football history. Uh, did any starting quarterback get benched? In 82, when Mark Mosley, a kicker, no, was I'm the saying MVP. when the, when the quarter, I, I'm yes. aware. We have to go back to maybe Brian Seip in 1980 and see what happened that season. I, I think it's it's very strange what happened with Wilson. It's pretty clearly a a personality conflict with he and Sean Payton as well. I'm just it, it doesn't excite me that much, even though I openly admit he would be an obvious upgrade over anybody they have. Because I just I do think you're getting a pretty limited player at this point. Somebody whose best years came when he could just evade, you know, get out of the pocket pretty quickly, kind of do his thing. He had a very intuitive sense of how to play the position. I don't think, I think I've seen articles written that the best Russell Wilson just kind of, like I said, intuitively knew how to play quarterback and find the open man, was never like a big scheme guy. And I just think as you get older, if you, because that's what Roethlisberger was early in his career. And as you get older, if you don't start getting better at at least some of the scheme stuff, and finding where you're really comfortable, I think it can be tough to be good. Donnie, are you warming to the idea of it? Oh, I've been warming to the idea of it. Talked about it yesterday, talked about it on Sunday. I I told Chris I already have the, the, the tweet picked out, what I want to do if it actually does happen. And? It's a good one. It is the – well, see, I don't know if you'd appreciate it as much as Chris and I both do, but it is – we've showed you the video before. It's the Mark Henry fake retirement. He's he's saying, "Mama, I'm coming home. I've accomplished." He's crying everything. like it. It is Tears one. Of, it is one of the best down his face. One of the best work retirements in pro wrestling history. And then he just body slams. Cena John comes Cena. out and he's like, "I want to thank you." And I Cena, got a lot get left a in the hug. tank. He just crushes him. Takes off his tie. Whole whole deal. Very oh, nice salmon now, colored. Now, do you jacket. actually believe that he has a lot left in the tank, or are you trying to talk yourself into it right now? Where are you on this? Probably more of the latter on that, but. 
again, if he if he gave those numbers that he had last year, and people can say whatever they want, empty calorie numbers, and, oh, he didn't throw the football down the field. If he gave anything close to that, that's the best that we've seen here in, what, five seasons? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Ben Ben had some, some years similar to that down the stretch. So I, I guess since, like, the post-Ben era, yeah. that's without question the best that we have seen. Also, wasn't he benched kind of the same way that Derek Carr was? It was more like preserve his health in case we can was preserve his health. Him? No, it was perver- pre- preserve his health because if he got hurt in one of the last two games, it would automatically guarantee That's what it was. 2025. So then he'd have 2 years of guaranteed salary and they didn't want to do that. Okay, yeah. So it was it was more because of that though than actual performance. The he would not thing, have been benched if there wasn't a contract component to it, yeah. to your point. The best thing about Russell Wilson is that you'd pay him $1.3 million. There you go. I mean, that is. And, and in this sense, I would be... I, not even 1.3. It's like... Splitting you, that hair. But no, it's 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 making the point that it's like... It's dirt cheap. It's, it's, it's as cheap as it's it It's what they paid Mason Rudolph I last year. I think this... Bill, I know. Do you... Are you... You run hot and cold on Bill Barnwell. Where are you on him today? At this moment? Uh, the last time I texted him, he actually sent me a very oh, thoughtful, you have his number. polite answer back. Yeah. You have his number. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you. After uh, he ripped me to shreds for something I said about Deshaun Watson. Really? Yeah, yeah this is going back a few years, though. Hmm. Um, he writes, he was, this is this is the part that does interest me. And I'm, I'm just saying, I'm giving you my gut answer first to say it doesn't really excite me, even though I know it's an upgrade. This is what Barnell writes today, because he did tiers of, like, free agents at each position. Yep. He has no tier one or tier two quarterback or one tier two quarterback, which is cousins, the best free agent available. No tier ones, which are like hall of famers to be like if Brady had hit free, you know, Brady's hitting free agency, that kind of thing. So Wilson is in tier three. And I just want to stress, this is called capable starters tier three. Um, He has him ahead of Baker Mayfield. He does. Uh, Wilson was disappointing. Won't make this sort of money again, but he was competent as a low ceiling starter behind a Broncos O line that didn't do him many favors he didn't show much as a downfield passer during his time in Denver, but he protected the football and posted a 26-8 to touchdown to interception. Uh, if he wants to keep going, which he obviously does, one of the teams that misses out on Cousins should look at Wilson. What does excite me there is I think the Steelers are clearly trying to build a better line. I do think Russ has enormous uh, is an enormous improvement, I should say, on Kenny in, among other things, pocket sense. I do think Russ understands, like, hey, the blitz is coming. I got to try to move around here. Um, and then what is the thing we know Mike Tomlin probably likes the best about Kenny other than his like fetishizing of Kenny's work ethic that he doesn't turn the ball over. Well, when you're Russell Wilson and you don't turn the ball over much and you also throw 26 touchdowns, that's like a significant improvement. For example, I'll even, I'll sum it up this way, even though I'm not that excited about why I know it's a clear improvement. Russell Wilson was good enough, even though it was a weird game with a weird ending to go into Buffalo and win last year. Like he, he did enough things in that game to get a team a victory I just don't see a scenario where I could have imagined Kenny Pickett doing same such against that specific team in that specific building last season yeah he's a bet well they had that you know they had the the missed field goal at the end yeah no I know they had too many guys on the field um so this is why I'm warming to it this is why I'm coming around on the idea of it I don't think there's a lot of downside I don't think that Russell Wilson would excite me enough or I would be so uh, – I would believe strongly that he would have a good season here that I would elevate the Steelers to AFC North contender or anything like that. Like, I don't have 
those thoughts about him. They went 11-19 and 19 his two years in Denver. He was atrocious two years ago. His last year in Seattle, he wasn't that good. This year, he was better than the last two years, but he got, uh, he got uh, I would say, superior coaching from Sean Payton, who's one of the best quarterback gurus and offensive play callers in, in football. So I think that's a big reason why we saw his production go up. But the reason why I'm not totally against it anymore, the more I've thought about it, the first one is, if you get him for the league minimum, and that's, I think, what he'll play for, at some point, if he struggles here, you can bench him and still have enough time in the season to see what you have in Pickett. I don't think it's one or the other. I think you could actually accomplish both next year. You could take a flyer on Russell Wilson, and you could see if Kenny Pickett is your franchise quarterback. I think you could accomplish both. But if Wilson play, actually does play well, then you know Kenny Pickett isn't your franchise quarterback yeah, by default. Right. Russell Wilson gets the first stab at it. He's the Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's the guy that has a big resume. It's your job if you struggle at some point in the year because it's a one-year deal. The Steelers are going to bench you and give Penny, Kenny Pickett enough games to make up their minds on him. So I think you could do that. Man, I wonder how Russ would deal with the idea that he might get, you know, yanked out of the lineup maybe six games in if he's just playing mediocre I mean, football. he got benched for Jarrett Stidham. You know, and the checks— Yeah, but it was—again, there was a friction I know, but the checks from Denver there. are still going to clear. He's still going to make his $34 million if he's standing on the sidelines with his arms crossed watching Kenny Pickett out there. He's still going to get his money. I know it's not an ideal situation, but if it goes that way— I don't think that it has... How does it, Pickett feel about it? It's not Justin Fields who's actually younger than him and was picked higher than him and a better See, I think he would back. understand it more. I think the same way that Zach Wilson understood that he was losing his job to Aaron Rodgers. Even though he's an old guy, he's an old Super Bowl winner yeah, in this case? Yeah, he's, okay. he's a winning quarterback with a lot of pedigree who's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame one day. You know, I mean, he's a borderline P- Hall I, of Fame It wouldn't reflect well candidate. on Kenny if he... If he didn't if we got word that he wasn't happy about it. And then it. the other one is if it doesn't work, it's like no skin off your back. Well, that's the best part of it. If it fails, if if you try it and it doesn't work, all right, you move on. It's not hurting future salary caps. Your hands aren't tied. You're not at a disadvantage moving forward. You rolled the dice. You took a shot. It didn't work. To me, in that way, it would kind of be like when Indy brought in Philip Rivers after Andrew Luck. Like, let's just give it a shot here and see what this guy can do at this point in his career. And they had a pretty good year. They didn't end up winning a playoff game, but he wasn't rotten. And then the last reason why I'm warming to the idea of Russell Wilson is this. It undeniably makes them more interesting. Steelers country, let's ride. They become a more interesting, entertaining team to me. Well, because he still has name recognition. He still has juice. They have no juice right now offensively. And look, I don't think it'll happen. But we have seen guys like Kurt Warner. He was in New York. He didn't play well. He got benched for Eli Manning, went to Arizona, rebounded, had a renaissance, gets the Cardinals to the Super Bowl. Carson Palmer went to Oakland in between Arizona. Wasn't very good with the Man, Raiders. It would be gets a hell to the of Cardinals. A, Bruce Arian gets them. Yeah, it would they be a hell of a thing, They almost get to a Super though. Bowl with him. It would be a hell of a thing if a guy that most people feel is on the clear downside of his career physically – and played well but still got benched under Sean Payton, would show up here and find the fountain of youth. I know. With I mean, you want to talk about unlikely scenarios. You really have laid one out there. I'm just, I'm laughing at the mere, th- I'm just thinking of him in black and gold, 
you know, Steelers country, let's ride. Him just being, he's, what is he, on the board of Akrasher? We found out he's, like, tight with Thomas Tall. Just, I'm just laughing thinking about it. And even though Pittsburgh's a small market and his wife is a huge celebrity, it's a legacy franchise. Oh, they'd just spend it's an a iconic ton of, team. They'd spend a ton of time in New York. She'd be she's close, you know, what an hour long flight from New York. They also don't have anybody holding down number three. No, no unofficially retired jerseys or anything like that. No, they they haven't unofficially retired uh, Jeff Reed yet. Didn't Landry wear three? He did. Okay. Um. By the way, just as a little aside. Uh, in this Bill Barnwell thing, where do you think, what tier of quarterbacks do you think he had Mason Rudolph? Well, from? I want to get to that next hour. All right, Because I do think that's a good one. Texas on the Edgar Steyer Associates fan tax line. Pretty simple question for you here, straightforward. Are you warming to the idea of the Steelers signing Russell Wilson? Sean Payton just said the Broncos are going to cut him in the next two weeks. They're going to move on. He's willing to play for the league minimum. Are you starting to see reasons why it makes sense for the Steelers to pick him up? Yes or no? 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. Let's hear from you on it, but first, the Donnie Football Headline. Pirates lead the Braves 6-4 to four in the sixth inning. Home runs from Brian Reynolds, a two-run shot, a grand slam from Key Brian Hayes in this game. You can listen to that game. I'm looking at it from this perspective. If you got a guy like a Russell Wilson who's not going to turn the football over, who still has the ability to extend plays, who can throw with accuracy, particularly with the deep ball. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, look, man, yeah, yeah, beggars can't be choosy. Look at what the hell you had. Look at what you've been working with. I mean, we can't be too picky here, okay? Now, now do I think that Russell w Wilson is the best thing since sliced bread with all the great quarterbacks in the National Football League right now, no. particularly in the NFC? No. Mm -hmm. Me personally, it's a Justin Fields. It's a Kirk Cousins. It's a Russell Wilson. Right. Any of the three, and we know how I've, been, I've critiqued the Kirk Cousins in the postseason, but damn it, I throw a parade for them. I throw up a pick a pen to what they got. I don't give me any of the three. Any of the three. Stephen A. Smith working himself up over the Steelers quarterback situation today. He take Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, or Kirk Cousins, even with his now potentially, they're saying, $50 million a year contract demands over what the Steelers have right now. We asked you, are you warming to the idea of the Steelers signing Russell Wilson when the Broncos release him in the next couple of weeks? That's the timetable Sean Payton put on it today. 412-928-9370 is the telephone number. Fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Here is Chris on the fan. Hello, Chris. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, man. Um, has no one learned their lesson on Russell Wilson? I don't even know how Stephen A. Smith still holds a position with ESPN. Russell Wilson was because, a disease to the Seattle Seahawks. Because of his Russell look, Wilson look, take? That's why they got rid of him. Look, because man, of his Russell Wilson take, he should get fired from ESPN? It does not deserve what is being done to him. Like, What's if you guys want to bring in a quarterback, if you guys want to bring in a quarterback, 
then trade the man. Give him a, fra- uh, a, a, a good opportunity, a fair opportunity to, to do something in the NFL. He has all the intangibles you could, you could possibly want in a quarterback, and does he has he the leadership the, Does he have all the tangibles that you could want guys, in a quarterback, Chris? I don't know what your guys' narrative is. I don't know why you guys are Chris, doing this to the poor does guy. Does Kenny Pickett have all the tangibles and anything you that you guys could possibly Chris, take a of. breath. Does Kenny Pickett have all the tangibles? He has all the intangibles. No, no, yes. no. The tangibles, the things like a good arm, an ability to read an NFL defense, an ability to ha- to stay in the pocket when the pass rush is around him and not freak out and bail. Does he possess those qualities? Yes, he does, and he has he has room. What to are grow. you basing you on that? Do, what are you, you basing that evaluation on? Off the New York, off the New York Jets uh, play when he threw that dime to to Pat Fryer move when he was play? Off of one play in his career, you're basing all of that. Give him time to. You must improve. think Mason Rudolph's Tom Brady, that given the way he line, played those last three games. Line is trash. You see why they why got. Why did it look so center. much better with Mason Rudolph in three games to end trash. the season? Why Mason did the offensive? Hey, Chris. The, why did the, the offensive the, the line look better? The receivers are not keeping their feet in bounds. Why did the offensive line and the receivers down. look better? Chris? I don't know what your guys is dealing with. Why did it all look better with a different quarterback? Have a full season. He has not had a full mm. opportunity, a full season to show what he has. You're right. He's had I one know, and a half, I, and he I hasn't shown football. much. I've been around good quarterbacks. Oh. I know what you get. What good quarterbacks have you been around? You're not going to know him. I just play well, football. Then how good I are they? High school football, and I play college football. So I know what to see in a player as far as the intangibles and the leadership quality. Someone that you could you can uh, uh, lead off of their example. He might not have the vocal ability because he's ha- his hands are tied because of all these wide receivers talking behind his back. Yeah. You know? Yep. Thank no, you, I don't know. That was incoherent nonsense. <laughs> Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. If you want to respond to that, Yo, else has come around on the idea of Russell Wilson. This was uh, brought to my attention. Uh, here's a guy that played in the NFL. If Chris, the caller, not the host, is talking about, oh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Here's somebody who played for the Steelers, Arthur Motes, on Russell Wilson. This is from his podcast. If you're getting this type of quarterback at this price or less, it's like, bro, this is a steal. You know what this guy does and what you're going to also be able to add around him. You know Coach T from the crib. You from the 804, but it's still VA. You know, 804 to the 7-5. I mean, it's kind of similar-ish. Y'all ain't too far up the road. We still rock with you. Russ is actually very successful, man. When you look at the season he just had, those are successful numbers. If we had them numbers at our quarterback position this year, we're looking very different. But the issue is the money that he was making out there. That's why it feels drastically different. That's why you feel like, oh, he's mid. Oh, he's not good. Because when he's making what he's making, you're like, bro, the value doesn't add up. But you take that production that he had, right? And you put that production at our quarterback position this year, and you tell me our roster, our record is a different? Yeah, it is all about the money. And he's talking about the fact that, and we've heard other people say this, that Russell Wilson and, and Mike Tomlin are from similar, not from exactly the same town. It's like they're both from Pittsburgh. It's like if, um, let me make an example here. It's like maybe Russell Wilson's from Bradford, PA. North Central, Bradford, PA. I'm just trying, or Kane. I'm just trying to think of a place that's like within like two hours. From Kane, who's he? Eric Hagman. Oh, that's why it popped into my head. I, you know, it's like you're you're not really from you're not from Pittsburgh, but you're also not really from. Where did he actually grow up in Virginia? Because I know it says on PF reference he was born in Cincy, but he went to high school in Virginia at collegiate school. So you'd so have to look up where that is relative. Is to that like a DC metro? Water. I'm not sure. 
But Arthur Motes, who's from that area, is saying that it's basically... Richmond. He's from Richmond. Okay. Richmond, D.C. What is that, like well, two no, hours? I mean, yeah. Richmond is further... You got... Richmond's obviously further They're north. both Virginia than, guys, than, is the than point. Virginia Beach, Newport News. I got to be honest, man. I've been thrown off. Chris in California just threw me for a loop. Off your game I, now because of it. No, I, I just... He didn't take a breath. And then he just... He said... I. Was I right to say that he was basing all of his on-field optimism off of literally one play from Kenny Pickett's career? Am I correct there? A play where he got hit and, as he put it, dropped a dime in there to Pat Fryermuth? He's getting shredded on the text line. Yeah, but I get shredded on the text line, so we can't exactly use that as our barometer for... Well, we also have had, like, three people call in who said, I actually wasn't going to call, but this guy's insane. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should start doing takes like that and really drive some engagement. That's I'm, start, content, I'm starting baby. to wonder where the guy played football at. Well, he said he played with good quarterbacks, and then he said you wouldn't know any Very of them. Very funny well, line. Then, how good? How good are they? If I wouldn't have ever I played heard of with them. good quarterbacks, who you wouldn't know any of them, <laughs> right? Like I actually get to talk to guys who, because of this job, who played in the NFL and won games. I played with a kid who was, who was pretty decent when I was like nine. Oh, uh, you should have seen little Billy Smith. He was a hell of a pee wee quarterback, and I know what leadership takes. He wouldn't let us have. Pittsburgh is a bunch of hard-nosed, blue-collar, lunch pail, hard hats, guys working mills. We're just prideful on being hard-nosed, tough, regular dudes. I just so don't know that his personality. I don't think he could integrate into Pittsburgh. I just don't think his personality is a conducive personality for the Pittsburgh way. What does I mean, that even mean? He, he's soft. He, he, That's LeVar Arrington on uh, Russell Wilson. At 3.30, it is time to stop blindly paying those insur- those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia. See what they can do for you. I do think he's right. I don't think Russell Wilson is a great personality fit for Pittsburgh. He also said he's soft at the end of that. You agree with that? No, that's the one part I would disagree with. I don't think there's any evidence in Russell Wilson's career where he, like, begged out or asked out or you know had like a fake injury or something like that or like shied away from contact I mean he is not I will the only thing that lends a little bit of credence to that is he just does not seem like he wants to move around and try to make plays and maybe take a hit to make a play like he used to but I don't think Russell Wilson the words or adjectives that pop into my head with him soft would not be on the list corny Phony. Yeah, I, don't, I think those so, things would. Soft is a hell of a thing. We don't thing. like fake people here. We don't like phonies. It's well, an anti-phony town. Not that there's there are some pro-phony towns out there. You know, LA is kind of a pro-phony town. Some of those glitz and glamour places. I'm gonna they prop up fake people. Do you think that we have mistakenly in this town or unwittingly in liked a player who was a huge phony? We just didn't realize it. I think we have good phony radar. Really? Yes. I think sometimes we might know someone's a phony. But you embrace them just the but same. But we just put it, we ignore it because, because the, player the player is really so good. good. And we win with him. I think that might be a, uh, yeah. a fair assessment of, of the last 20 years here. You blind yourself to phoniness. You accept phoniness as the cost of doing business. You put phony blinders on. Big phony horse blinders. Yeah. LeVar calling him soft is a pretty wild thing because LeVar is a tough dude, a North Hills legend, of course. I grew up watching that guy when he was in high school. He, you know, all-time legend. But, I mean, I don't think this is remotely controversial. Russell Wilson has had, like, five times, eight times the pro career LeVar Arrington ever did. I know he got hurt. 
but Russell Wilson's probably going to the Hall of Fame. So it is kind of a, a kind of a crazy thing to hear Lavar, even though he's a linebacker and a tough dude. But say. you've even said it. He's not a great personality fit for here because of the things off the field who, that he's chased and cared about. Who gives a rat's like ass that. about personality? Kenny Pickett was supposed to be the best personality fit ever, and that curdled overnight. Well, the last caller still thinks he is. James Conner, like, real quiet, business-like guy, and he has succeeded to great degrees out in Arizona, but it got kind of ugly here for him for a while with the Steelers. Like, there was frustration. And so I, I think the personality thing's overrated. If Russell Wilson goes out and has a 30-touchdown season as a Steeler next year, and throws nine picks, and the Steelers have, like, the the 12th best scoring offense in the league, who's going to care my... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Self included that he's corny or a little phony or too corporate or very brand conscious. He'd be playing well. Are you warming to the idea of Russell Wilson? 412-928-9370. News out of the Combine today that he'll be released in the next two weeks. And he's willing to play for peanuts, the vet minimum. The same amount of money the Steelers paid Mason Rudolph last year. Vincent is on the fan. Hello, Vincent. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's up? What's up? Um, I'm, I'm warming up to the idea of taking Russell Wilson. I remember saying we needed to take a swing, but... With the league minimum thing, it just feels like you're taking a bunt. So I don't see why you can't do it. And honestly, the average numbers he has, like 27 touchdowns, nearly 4,000 passing yards, eight picks, like that's the average of his career. Like just that alone just is better than anything we've had at quarterback. And if the worst thing about him is he's like a John Cena personality, like I don't see what the problem is. I kind of like that. John is John Cena. Well, you John Cena is known as being super corny, but also John Cena's done like more. I think he has the record by a wide margin of make a wishes granted. Like an actual super super good guy, but that's why people in wrestling don't like him because he's too good. Russell Wilson does all the polished things you that you want out of a face of an organization. Correct. He goes he's good to the, for the to he's meet good for and the greets. Brand. He shakes hands. Kisses Remember, babies. Sean Payton said, "Stop kissing babies." He thought there were too many babies getting kissed. That was one of the first things he said. I mean, Sean Payton kind of a well, – I can't. I almost said something I don't think I'm allowed to say. Yeah, but I think that personality kind of wore on guys in Seattle, Chris. Well, I know it wore on guys because they felt like a lot of moves were – He I think was so were, brand conscious. He I was think so there image were guys, conscious. I also think there were guys who felt like behind the scenes he was much more demonstratively in, image conscious in that I think if you asked like a Richard Sherman, they feel like they only even attempted a pass on what you know turned out to be the losing play of a Super Bowl 
because they wanted him to get the glory like he and the organization did. And I think a lot of guys hold that against him. If I could guarantee that the guy in Arthur Smith's offense would merely take care of the ball pretty well and that the one thing you could bring back into his game was he would throw some deep shots because he used to be really good at it too. In Seattle, he threw a very good deep. He ball. threw that big high arcing pass to remember like, the one to, to curse guys. One, the yep. curse one that won the NFC. Like the guy threw one of the prettiest and they deep came balls back and in beat football. Green Bay. Um, if you could get him to do that again here, it probably works out pretty well. And I, I will credit our callers on this. The ones who are saying I've warmed up to it are correctly citing the peanuts you would pay him. Here's as the biggest part of it. Hunter is on the fan. Hello, Hunter. <laughs> Hey, guys, how have you been? Uh, I had no intentions of calling in, but I do think Chris is a jackass, just simply put. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You need to to help us with that. Which one, Hunter? Uh, Oh, the the caller. The caller. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All due respect to the guy, I just don't think that he's watching anything occur over the last two seasons. I mean, Russell Wilson, yeah, he's past his prime, sure, fine, and dandy. Last two years, he threw for 6,500 yards, 42 touchdowns. Do you think it's Russell Wilson right now is better than Ben Roethlisberger in his last year? Yes. Not by much, but yes. Malsey, do you agree? I agree. He Donnie, is, do you agree? He's better. Again, not by much, but he's better. Better than Ben in his last year? Better than Ben in his last year? Probably. I mean, I think he can still – I know he doesn't like to move a whole lot. He can still move, move a little bit better than what we saw Ben move at. Without looking, how many rushing yards did you guys guess Russell Wilson had last year? 198. 15 games. Donnie, just a guess. That's all I need. 175. 341. Still healthful, you know, moving around at a healthy clip. He had years in Seattle, even in his prime, only one or two of them. What are his rushing yards per game compared to Kenny? Uh, he ran for career. he ran oh his career no not Russell Wilson's career Kenny's career so Russell Wilson last year versus Kenny to this point in his, his career. yards rushing yards per game yes last year Russell Wilson twenty two point seven rushing yards per game what do you guys think Kenny Pickett's gonna come in well at? it's hurt by the fact that he leaves games early and doesn't finish games but comes back games, immediately the next week those games still count which is a little curious uh, Russell Wilson twenty two point five rushing yards per game Kenny Pickett last year 4.5 yards per game and we talk about kenny at least i do is like a sneaky kenny pickett year one athlete 18.2 still less than russ all right so if you go by that like wilson as a quote i think it's mobile quarterback isn't all that different from kenny but i think it's very clear that probably the reason russ is better at it still way better sense about when the rush is coming and when to get out of the way i mean kenny runs himself into trouble routinely because I think he's indecisive and he's slow to process that it's time to go. One more. Brad is on the fan. Hello, Brad. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little torn on this because the, the part of me that wants to see them go with a veteran is the fact that Hayward and Watt are getting up there in age. And totally understand that. Feels like, I get that. What's it? I totally get yeah, what you're I mean, saying there. Right. So that's the part of me that feels like maybe it is worth looking at a veteran, you know, especially if you can get them cheap. But then the the bigger part of me kind of feels like, I don't know, Rudolph did a nice job when he came in last year, and people just want to bury that. And then I feel like Kenny had a crap offensive coordinator and a crap line, and which brings me to the biggest point, really, is that I don't care really who the quarterback is, this offensive line is still in the development of getting over losing all those guys a few years ago. Until they get that 
molded a little bit better. I don't know if it matters a whole lot because there are times where both Rudolph and Pickett run to duress almost immediately. You know, without... thanks, Brad. I appreciate you calling in and, and speaking your mind. I'm getting a little bit frustrated by the amount to which people want to come in, call in and blame the offensive line. I'm not here to say they were good last year. They weren't. Uh, at times, they looked like they were one of the worst lines in the league. Very early on, they were. I don't think they ended the season there. They were playing better. I That's would say I... if I'm going to rank the offensive line last year, I would say it's they were probably somewhere between uh, slightly below average to below average. They weren't like one of the five worst in the lo- in the league, in my opinion. I would and give I just them hear like too a many C. people making it sound like the line, the line like opened up holes. The line won some, the Seattle game for them for some great rushing performances this year did the line did the offensive line in a do or die game and i thought rudolph played his best game too par- probably not by coincidence did the offensive line not totally dominate that seahawks game yeah it was good this i, I know the see here's all the other stuff from the same people saying it's really it's, solid though oh the seahawks defense sucks this that and the other they were still really good the offensive line also looked way 50 minute mark brought to you by south hills chrysler dodge Sheep ram and peters celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Have you guys seen the new KFC chicken pizza? Nope. Donnie, have you? No, I not gonna, not. Not going to lie to you. You know I don't like pizza, but I've already heard people, I've seen people tweet about it and say, essentially, what's happened to us? KFC, the colonel would be rolling over in his grave if he saw how far you'd strayed from his light. It's just a chicken tender. Uh-huh. That they put mozzarella cheese and pepperoni on, uh-huh. and that's it. So instead of instead of dough pizza, instead of dough, yeah, it's just one chicken tender. I think there's multiple in there. So it's like a is it chicken tenders like arranged in a pinwheel shape, like to yep. make a circle, and then they just cover it with pizza toppings. Yeah, that sounds like that KFC double down where instead of the bun they just put two chicken breast like you know breaded chicken be- breast patties. It honestly in feels like something, something where their creative people sat in a room and were like, "Man, we got nothing." I think that's like, like the double we, down. Yeah. We have we've we've honestly we've created so many different foods in this constant war that we're in. To pump out new material, new stuff, new ad campaigns, oh, new ways of right generating it actually, revenue. It makes me so mad just to look at it. That that sounds like it, it, an absolute inconvenience for the people to make too. Like not that it's not that it's hard to make for them, but Wait. they're probably like, man, like what's the point? Hold on, the name of this is by far the dumbest. Drizzling thing. a few pieces pieces the, of mozzarella Donnie, on there. They're calling it the chizza. Yeah. C H I Z Z A. Come to KFC and grab yourself a hot, fresh chizza. Have you ever wondered what a chicken tender would taste like if you melted cheese and pepperoni on it? If you're answering this question, yes, you're probably very high right now. Yeah, like so who, log on to your Uber I'm Eats sorry. or your DoorDash whoever, and order this. Hold on, hold on, like, out. It's whoever, called the Cheetza. It's not called Chizza. It's called the Cheetza. But, like, who even thought, like, oh, here's a combination that people will love? Man, what are we doing here as a people, I as think a they're populace? Just, I think they're just marketing to stoners now. I thought Taco Bell had that cornered. 
I think Taco Bell and KFC are the same company. They like, are, you ever go by sometimes and there's a joint two and one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just like Baskin Robbins and Dunkin' Donuts. Man, I haven't had Baskin Robbins like in well How many over flavors? a decade. Thirty one. Thirty one. Uh, I just know that because it's in the logo. Very now smart look at Baskin Robbins. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. They got their thirty one flavors. They're sticking to if them. If they Meanwhile, come up with a new flavor, no, they pull one. Yeah, it's it's no no expansion over there. It's they might shuffle some out here and there. What KFC Taco Bell should just come up with a new logo and it's just a giant marijuana leaf. You want to come and get your eats? You got the munchies. You want to door dash I mean, this? what would it be? Like the colonel wearing a sombrero? But you know what's interesting about what? <laughs> the, colonel, the colonel wearing a gas mask bong like Laramie Seriously, Tunzel. Seriously, though, since I stopped smoking pot, yeah, I think I can count on two hands the number of times I've had Taco Bell in my life. Meanwhile, before that, when I was in my prime years, what would you say your prime years smoking, were? Probably like 16 to 20. Three. Did you feel like at 16, you're like, I'm entering my pot smoking prime? Did you have, you know, like an athlete says, I'm really ascending to a new level within my sport? Did- were you like, you know what? No, I'm starting I, to get it, going. It was not a habitual thing when I was that young. It didn't turn into a daily thing until then, I was like maybe 18. And then at 23, were you like, you know what? I'm on the back nine of my career here. I got to get my last good days in before I get lapped by the young crowd. Pretty much. I think at that point, I just maybe started drinking. No, I wasn't even drinking more. Well, I mean, you were working here when, I was you working were t- here when you were 24, right? Yeah. We were both 24 when the station started. God, can you imagine that? I'm not going to name this fast food restaurant, but how do you, what do you make of the idea of surging prices? I see that's a new thing. I'm not going to name them either, but I thought about it. I think it's dumb. Are they going to pay the people? Are they going to pay surge pricing to their employees if they're getting hours during very busy times and they I'm get actually more money. surprised that this idea hasn't taken off. It will. It's going to happen everywhere. Like that's something the like only you're way talking it, about ideas that the only way that, it won't happen is if people loudly condemn it and don't give Don't them think the chicken pizza trend is going to surge pricing will pop off, but this seems like something that is here to stay. Speaking of which, I, I went down the hill to one of the places uh by the way, that Last Burger King week. is back. I know. How about that? What a return. And I they, guess they're they, – I read a big financial ty- like type of article on them. I guess they got big things planned for 2024, oh, Donnie. The king. <laughs> I, I, I went down to the, the place that used to fancy the $5 footlong. 17 friggin' bucks by the time I, I, I get that sandwich. We used to be a proper country, people. Well, we're, we're, the, the price has tripled. I had a buddy – Arby's cost me over 40 bucks last night. How 40 many people? bucks. Yeah. For you and Amanda? Yep. Man, back in the day. And it was outstanding. I'll do, I'd do it again. I mean, oh, yeah. I, you gave a big pro I do Arby's, like Arby's take Arby's yesterday. I got killed for it. Yeah, Mar- I, I Paul think... Martino came out of the woodwork to say, like, what are you talking about, basically, Andrew? Arby's has something for everyone. Arby's. Do they? What do they have for you that really scratches the old uh, pony itch? Well, I, I usually go to the traditional roast beef sandwiches, but if you don't like that, there's curly fries. Curly fries. There's mozzarella sticks. They basically tried to turn into chicken good. sandwiches. There's turkey sandwiches. They tried to turn into a deli on the too. fly, and then they hired Ving Rhames to do all their uh, voice Corned work. Corned beef sandwiches. Everything. They got their, it all, man. Their initial roast beef sandwich. The milkshakes the, the are fantastic. Thing, the, the regular roast beef sandwich just looks very unappealing to me for whatever reason. But yeah, forty bucks. I used to go to a particular, again, unnamed fast food place. My brother would uh, be in, you know, home from college, and his one buddy from college would visit, and they'd just be playing video games. Not stoners, at least not when they were at the house. They would run up legitimately 
uh, $38 bill from this particular fast food joint, and the amount, the sheer amount of food, Donnie, would have been something we would have put in front of you for a challenge. <laughs> I'm talking like nine burgers, 20 nuggets, multiple orders of fries, Caesar salad, things like Caesar that. Caesar salad thrown in there. Yeah, I might have given away the place <laughs> that we were, you know, we were hitting up here. And then they would th- they would give me forty five bucks and say whatever's left over you can buy. I something honestly for think KFC in the next year is going to come up with a like McFlurry, but instead of like the pieces McKernel. of M and M's, there's going to be little pieces of chicken in there. <laughs> the Chick Flurry. <laughs> like I really no, it's going it's it's going to be like chicken flavored M and M's presented like a a McFlurry or like a Blizzard, but it's just going to be mashed potatoes. Oh, and dude, chicken! You, you're giving him an idea here, man. I know that sounds like a million dollar idea. The Colonel want to call me up. Get that stupid bolo tie. All right, so. ESPN, the Combine's going on right now. GMs are talking Omar Khan's not because of a family emergency, so we hope he'll everything gets sorted out there and he gets to Indianapolis and we'll talk to reporters in the next few days. ESPN projected today that Mason Rudolph is going to get $1.5 million per season or somewhere in that range. They think that his contract in free agency is going to look a lot like the deal that Mitch Trubisky gets from another team. They think that those two guys are basically going to get viewed and looked at the same way by the other 31 NFL teams. Yeah, this is uh, this is your buddy Bill Barnwell. He lists them in tier as tier six quarterbacks, backups likely to earn a roster spot. Josh Dobbs in that group too. Blaine Gabbert. Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley, Rudolph, who could forget Nate Sudfeld, and Mitch Trubisky. And he writes in his breakdown that it's $1.5 million a season. Dobbs and Rudolph are the most conspicuously productive players in the mean to pony. Rudolph's brief burst of production was out of line with his prior career performance and he is likely to re-sign with the Steelers. Well, that's because the Steelers have expressed their interest in bringing him back. That's where I think Barnwell gets that from, and he's pointing out the Steelers want him, and there's not going to be a lot of competition for his services from the sounds of things. So why wouldn't he end up in back in Pittsburgh? He knows that there's a chance he'll play. He knows that he's got support within the locker room and from some in the front office. Mm-hmm. So, look, would he prefer, like, a fresh start and a change of scenery and everything else? Sure. But it doesn't sound like the grass is going to be greener and they're going to make it worth his while, just based on some of the reporting that's out there and some of the intel that ESPN has. I buy. It's going to be another kind of, like, dry mark. I mean, the names that they have ahead of him, as far as they think Ryan Tannehill is going to get more money. In free agency, they think that he's going to command more value or interest. Carson Wentz, who sat out as a free agent until like December, Sam Darnold. I mean, these like I think these are wh- not a, like this is not a venerable who's who hmm. of NFL quarterbacks here, Chris. I think one of the things working against none of them got their teams to their playoffs at the end of the year. One of the things that's working against Rudolph, and probably a major reason why Bill Barnwell, smart guy, isn't projecting him to get more is they lost the Bills' playoff game. I really believe even if they go out in the next round after that game. But he didn't in, even in, play that bad in that game, No, Chris. I know. But if he somehow goes in there and upsets Josh Allen, I honestly think that you could probably triple that number bare minimum. 
Like he would be seen in a totally different light if he had gone in there and I won mean, that it's, game. It's not just an ESPN thing. The NFL's website released their their uh, free agent rankings. They they pulled all of their analysts and former front office people and whatnot, and they ranked the free agents. First of all, there's not a single Steeler in the top 100 free agents. Surprising? Well, it is. It, it's a little bit surprising with, with Rudolph because obviously you've got Cousins. They quarterbacks, rank him second. Quarterbacks, just like with the draft, any available free agent quarterback is going to be like, viewed in a premium way. Okay, so they think Cousins is the second best player behind Chris Jones given the fact that he's usually went healthy, uh, slam dunk to throw 30 touchdown passes, right? Yep. Listen to these other guys, though. This is now, they're talking to their people. Jacoby Brissett, 30th. They've got Jacoby Brissett ahead of Baker Mayfield. I think that's wrong. <laughs> I think that's extremely wrong. Unless, the, is part of that. What were they the, watching last Pony, year? Is part of that based Brissett on, barely played. Is part of that based on how likely they think the player actually is to be a free agent because Mayfield no. probably gets something done with the Bucks. everyone assumes, I think, at this point. So it's, uh, if it's just strict, Justin Matabuke is about to be tagged by the Ravens. They still have him. Way they up have high. him seventh. Yeah. Then I don't know how in any sane world you could have looked at Baker last year. You could know what Brissett is, and you could rank him ahead there. I think that's who who did the list. Their whole staff. Did yeah. They, anyone put their names on it? Their whole staff. I just I don't get that. Am I missing something? It's here? a collective. No, I. Baker Mayfield was one of the, what, top, like, 12 to 13 quarterbacks in the league last year? Is that about right? I'd say he was, yeah, he was above average. I'm not convinced that Jacoby Brissett is better than Mason Rudolph. After watching Rudolph actually play really well for three games, neither am I. They've got Kevin Dotson here in the 50s, ex-Steeler. Let me see where the rest of the Wait, 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 you said Brissett was 30? 30th. Uh, I'd have Kevin Dotson way ahead of Jacoby Brissett. So would I. Most pe- people seem to think Kevin Dotson's going to be damn near a $20 million a year player. Yep. I don't care that he's an interior offensive lineman. If the guy looks like he's one of about the eight best right guards in the NFL, he's a pretty good player. Tannehill, 72. Tannehill ahead of uh, Rudolph, even though Tannehill last year was seven touchdowns to uh, – no, four touchdowns to seven picks. Man, I think Ryan Ryan Tannehill might be a true like case of a guy who's pretty much at the end of the line physically. Yep. Let me see here. I'm just thumbing through the back end. This, of this. So it's a weird list, and usually Jameis Winston, well. ninety four. Gardner Minshew, ninety seven. Did Jacoby Brissett pay people a certain way to do this? Tyrod Taylor, uh, ninety eight. Where was Brissett? Again? I can't get past 30th. this man. Thirtieth. Yep. He had to have paid these people off. I mean, he played pretty well in Cleveland before Deshaun Watson. Uh, came no, I realize that, but like, and he didn't do. Uh, Garbage time, that's it in Washington this year where he came in and threw touchdowns, but it was against prevent defenses. I mean, people are going to get on Mason Rudolph for the caliber of defense he played. Like I'm stupefied here by this. Brissett was just a second half of games they were trailing big. I don't care, Pony. I don't care if, like, you know there's always a possibility Jameis Winston in any given game could throw five picks. If you told me right now my life is on the line, I don't know anything else about the the team that is playing with my life in their hands. I want Jameis Winston instead of Jacoby Brissett. It's not close. I just think it's a consensus right now that there's not a lot of interest in Mason Rudolph. And that it, because there's not a lot, the Steelers will be more than happy to make that con- marriage and convenience happen again. 
I'll tell you what, you said you uh, earlier in the show, people could go back and listen on the podcast page uh, to this later today. Um, you said that Russell Wilson, one of the reasons you'd be interested in him being here, you're warming up to the thought of it, even if you don't think it's, it's going to happen, is because it would be very interesting. They'd become a more interesting team. Outside of absent, like a, a guy not from this organization coming in to play quarterback, I will say Rudolph being brought back in is the next most interesting option here compared to like Fields or Wilson being the obvious one and two. Because it won't take long if he looks like he's picking up where he left off for there to be loud calls for him to be the man. It will not take long at all if he's back on this Well, it roster. stirs up controversy, but as far as interest in what, what the Steelers could be or what they could become this year, I would not have a lot of um, no, not enthusiasm in, not for in that. No, not in that way. You, you would be banking on either Kenny somehow figuring it out or Mason Rudolph showing for a whole season what he only showed for three games. But, man, you want to talk about juicy subplots. ESPN projects Mason Rudolph's free agent value to be $1.5 million per season. Would you take him back at that price? 412-928-9370. Would you want Mason Rudolph back? At that price, 412-928-9370. Or do you just want the Steelers to be done with Mason Rudolph? 412-928-9370. That is the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line. Call in and talk to us on that next. Fan hotline is presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Thinking about how I would feel if this ESPN projection for Mason Rudolph's contract happened, they are projecting Rudolph will make, in free agency, less than $2 million per season. If I found out that the Steelers re-upped Rudolph for two years, $3 million total, how would I feel about that? 412-928-9370. And I would think they're getting a bargain and they're getting a good deal on a guy based on how last season ended. Mm-hmm. But I would feel like, okay, we're right back to square one. We're in the same situation with the same two guys we were in at the end of the year. And the only difference is we're asking Arthur Smith to pretty much turn water into wine with either one of these well, guys. And you're also and you would also then be saying, um, the guy who actually did play the best is still starting number two on the depth chart. The guy who did give like a glimmer of hope, whether you believe that it's a long-term feasible thing or not, is not going to be the starting quarterback week one. It would be kind of it would be bleak from that perspective, man. How could it not be? I think that's one of the primary appeals. But man, would Pickett have unlike say Tannehill if Rudolph's back? Oh, he'd be breathing down his neck. Yep. Uh, it would be. I would say that one of the major Things that's appealing about. He'd be pulling about. those hairs off his ass. He'd be so close. Really? You ever hear that expression before? No. You know, you hear like if somebody's close or covering somebody closely. A high closely, school baseball coach used On to him say like that. white on rice, that kind of thing. He'd be tearing like the hairs off his ass. Like flies on poop. I've never heard tearing hairs off his ass. <laughs> uh, Donnie, did your coach use that one? Oh, he's on the phone. Oh. Probably with another guy like Chris in California. Um, no, I think a lot of the appeal of having a guy like Wilson or Fields come in is not just like in Fields' case. Yeah, I think this guy really, if he hits his ceiling, could be great. I just think a lot of Steelers fans are ready for something different than what they've well, seen. Let's see if our listeners agree. Here is uh, John on the fan. Hello, John. Hey, guys. Hey, man. So, 
so at one point five million, man, that's that seems like highway robbery to me. I don't think that Rudolph signs that deal unless that's like a last minute deal. Uh, I feel like he made more than that last year, didn't he? No, no, he made less. He, he made, made less. that minimum. He made what Russell Wilson is reportedly going to take because of all the money the Broncos are paying him, John. Uh, I think I still take. I think I take Rudolph over Russell Wilson. I, uh, I even at essentially the same price. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I just don't have much faith in Russell Wilson. Well, how much faith do you have in Mason Rudolph? I just think that Mason Rudolph at this point in his career is better than Russell Wilson is in this, at this point in his career. Okay, well, John. Well, one guy threw 26 touchdown passes last year. You know how, who threw more interceptions, though? Russ, or Russ, because Mason didn't throw any pony in the regular season. Mason hasn't beat on passer rating, though, last year. A solid 118 in the three games he played. Oh, if if um, I think he had the highest passer rating in the NFL last season. Yeah, if you don't go by rates, uh, rate qualifiers, he What did. was his passer rating in the playoff game? Uh, it was not... Look that up for me not when awesome. you get a chance. Yeah, I have it right here. Uh, his passer rating was at an even 80. Here is Gill. Oh, wait, no, Jill? Or is it Gill? He, Donnie wrote Gill like Jill, and if I, was, I wasn't sure if that meant I should just pronounce it as Jill. Man. Jill. Jill? Yeah. Jill. Okay. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi. I'm offered him three-year, $10 because the team wants him. I think he'd be great coming back in, too. And then I'm finding me a rookie in the draft. I do not want to bring anybody else in. So you're saying you'd offer Rudolph three years, $10 million, draft a rookie, and that's your quarterback room for at least the next year, and who's correct? the starter from that group? Jill, more than likely Rudolph. Hmm. Thank you. Um, I would probably surmise that if Mason really thought he was being brought back and he had a real chance to be the starter, he would want more than three point three million a year. I th- I just think they can play hardball with him if you believe well, if Barnwell what ESPN right. is projecting that there's just not going to be a lot of demand for Rudolph. It's just. Are we too close to the three games that he had and everybody think, else on the outside is looking at it very differently? I think it's a small sample size thing, but what I but what I, what I will say is teams have been stupid about small sample sizes with quarterbacks for a very long time. Matt Flynn. Where they've looked at Matt Flynn or Rob Johnson or Scott Mitchell or guys like that and been like, ooh, let Matt Hasselbeck, let's just get him here and we'll give him a real opportunity and a chance to play and he will thrive with us. Jimmy Garoppolo. When he got traded from New England, another one of those guys did just enough in like the two or three games before he got injured in New England for San Francisco to trade for him. But the problem is, is that Rudolph has been around for a while. You know, like not to say that he's old. But people think that there's already a pretty much a book on him and that that's more yeah. likely to be an aberrant three-game stretch than a, sh- a sign that he's broken Yeah, out. I just don't think that, I think that these front offices are so proud and think they're always right. And they had a chance to all sign Mason Rudolph last year, and none of them thought he was worth it. And is three games plus the playoff game going to be enough to change their mind? Well, there's also it the- sure sound sure sounds like it isn't based on the way that he's getting ranked and uh, projected by the people that are close to this. There's still that one other part of it with Mason too uh, about bringing him back here means you think he actually can fit in Arthur Smith's offense, and he is not a mobile guy. No, he is not. Casey is next. Hello, Casey. 
Hello, guys. How are you? We're great. Thanks. Um, first, my answer to your question is yes. You sign him for a million and a half. Okay. Um, how many ever years you want to do it? Um, I think that uh, I think he showed a lot when he uh, when he played those three four games last year. It was the best quarterback play by the Steelers in gosh a while. Um, but here's another question for you guys: What would you think about getting rid of Deontay Johnson? For what? What are you asking for in return for Deontay Johnson? I don't want any, I don't want anything in return. I want to get rid of him. I think he's one of the reasons why the quarterback play looks poor in many situations. I just want to stress here, you want to cut Deontay Johnson. I want to get rid of him. Well, I think it sounds he's a, like, I think what do you mean, a, get rid of him? I mean, Other than cut him or trade him, what else is there? Are you going to have him whacked like like this is a, a mob movie here? What are we talking about, Casey? Well, I, I, think, that he's, I think he's a terrible route runner. Uh, and I think that that's the reason How why. How is he terrible at it when probably the single first thing that you hear people say about him, analysts outside of Pittsburgh, inside of Pittsburgh, is hardly anyone in the league gets open faster than Deontay Johnson? Well, you know, in many situations, he might be running the, the, a different route than what has been called, uh, you know, in the Based in the on huddle. what? What are you basing this on? So he goes rogue uh, most plays? I'm, I, yeah, well, not most plays, but in, in some situations, yes. How many times, how many times did Ben Roethlisberger throw the football to him, uh, and it was it was like there was nobody within thirty yards? Casey, I actually think no no disrespect, but I think that's a bad argument because Ben kept throwing the ball to him, and every time he's talked about him, he said nice things about him. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm, he's, he's fast. I mean, there's no he doubt got targeted that he's 169 fast. times in Ben's last season and had 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Man. He caught 107 I, I just, uh, passes. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, so he had a good season with Ben. I think that, you know, I, I think Isn't that it more likely that the problem was Kenny Pickett and not Deontay Johnson? Or, or that Deontay Johnson decided, you know, I don't like this guy and uh, I'm going to run a different route, uh, you know, and see if I can get open on my own because, you know, maybe a, a, a defender's is uh is i got you casey thank you i mean look i think at one point deontay johnson wanted kenny pickett to play over mitch trubisky to the point where it turned into an argument that got trubisky benched so i don't think he's had it in or had it out for kenny pickett the entire time i want them to trade him too just not for the reasons he doesn't that you want stated. him he doesn't want him traded he wants him i think cut yes he wants he he wants him tarred and feathered i don't wants, even know if he wants it goes an event, he wants an event in market square where he's where we what all was, throw tomatoes at him. What was that thing where they would torture people in medieval times? It was the uh, the Iron Maiden where you it had spikes on the one side and it was the shape of a person. He wants him executed, I think, in public. Get rid of him. Does he want him sent to Siberia? When someone got tarred and feathered, did they die? Because the tar was so hot that was like put on them? I, I thought so. I thought tarring and feathering, or it was a prelude to being... Then you were drawn and quartered after a tar and feathering, and that definitely killed you. Yeah. Man, can you imagine that? Don't you think if you were in that position, you knew that was going to happen to you, you'd just rush one of those people so they'd have to kill you in like a, you know, a heat of the moment situation? Rather than go through the agony. Yes. Of the, yeah, I agree. Don't want the long, I'm hate, not doing slow, that. painful death. No. I want to go out go out on my shield there. Go out throwing deep balls. I think it's a great idea to trade Deontay Johnson, but I just wouldn't go about doing
4.30, that means it's time for Donnie's segment. It's called the Donnie Football Debrief. The Debrief, February 27, 2024. Uh, should we start to fire up the Jonu Smith rumors? He's been released by the Falcons. This guy has played under Arthur Smith for like 80% of his career as an offensive coach. Bringing another tight end, baby. I'm now 50 catches last year, about almost 600 yards, three touchdowns. What are all these emojis that you used when you retweeted this, Donnie? There's like the purple devil one. Yeah, so if you can send some sarcasm in there, it's because I've, I've noticed something about, about Saluting fans face, on Twitter. face with look of triumph. <laughs> I think I like the uh, sn- fingers. snorting the angry snorting face. The snorting always good. The snorting angry one is Flexed always biceps. done in. Yeah, snorting, snorting face is the best because it's like when a guy, a running back rips off like a tough guy run, an angry run. It's And then like the caption will be Najee Harris is him from at black and gold lover who also play, paid for a blue check mark. And then they'll do the snorting face. And you, you had an observation about Steelers fans on Twitter? Yeah, so it's either... You want every single guy who is potentially available or they won't sign anybody who's available and all those guys are worse than the players we already have. Like, they all suck. It's like one or the other. It's like rare to find, like, middle ground on it. Like, immediately it was, which, if you couldn't, like, sense the sarcasm from that, I mean, well, we we know the intelligence level of half of Twitter. I mean, not that I'm some genius, but, like, immediately, <laughs> why would they sign him? They already have Mount Washington. <laughs> you got to laugh out of the guy that doesn't think Shane Gillis is funny. Yeah. No, I got, speaking of Twitter, I got destroyed for that take. Well, oh that should my be a familiar God. place for you to be. That shouldn't bother you, though. If anybody would be unfazed for, you know, getting destroyed on Twitter, I'd think it would be you. Just a matter of personal preference. I... Loves Arby's, not into Shane Gillis. I brought up the fact that I like comedians Dave Chappelle and Eddie Murphy. I so loved, you like two guys? You no, know, I'm just guys that I really liked. Like, I went out and actually bought their stand-up comedy CDs or... How about George Carlin? Another big fan of him. Richard Pryor? A little bit before my time from what I've seen. I thought it was good, but not like Rodney seeking Dangerfield. out his stuff. I mean, Rod- love Dangerfield. Dangerfield's an all-timer. Love Don Rickles. Yeah, you really do love Don Rickles. Are you? Do you watch those roasts where like Jeff Ross starts the roast? No, not a lot of them. Man, Jeffrey but, Ross at the roast was but something I else. Jeff Ross is just roast guy. I can like, go down to Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield YouTube well, that, clip. The Rodney Dangerfield jokes are really fun because you don't have to think too hard about him. He's like, he's just he's self-deprecating like, oh, his sex life and his marriage, basically, yeah. in every joke he makes. And I mean, I'm fine with that. Jokes I can like, to all oh that. yeah, we were poor. If I wouldn't have been born a boy, I'd have had nothing to play with. All right, okay. And then he adjusts his tie. And he's always <laughs> sweating his ass off. It's just a great bit. I think I think Dangerfield's very high up there. Wait, you knew that when he acted in Caddyshack, he didn't understand how to act, and he thought he he thought everyone was supposed to laugh. Yeah, at nobody all of was his laughing. Lines. It really threw uh-huh. him off. And the director had to actually say to him, like, Rodney, we're all playing characters here. When you say this stuff, no one's gonna laugh because you too are a character in the movie. Is it a consensus that Gillis is funnier than I don't know Bill Burr? 
Whoa, don't I think say Bill that around, Burr's pretty funny. Don't say that around our boss, Craig Riley. He will I he like will Bill be, Burr. I think Bill Burr is funnier than Gillis. Bill Burr's been doing it. Gillis is like the flavor of the moment. The male and female comedians of the moment, Gillis and Taylor Tomlinson. I have no idea who that is. You know who she is, Donnie? I know the name. She's going to take over stuff. like on like the late, late show or something on like one of the major networks. She's going to do like the 1230 to 130 show or what whatever. What happened to that portly British guy? Um, who used to James do the karaoke Corden. in his car? Oh, very annoying. Couldn't stand him. And I've heard a huge British guy. I've heard a humongous <laughs> app description. You know who I'm talking about when I say Humongous phony, like not you know played like the bigger I'm a than really, Russell Wilson. Um, no, uh, makes Russell Wilson look like a saint. Uh oh. Apparently, like cut the nice guy profile and was just a pain in the ass. So kind of like Ellen. I was just going to ask you that. Bigger than right Ellen? in the Ellen and Rachel Ray phony Hall of Fame. Pony. Speaking of Bill Burr, did I think I've told you before? Are you aware that he was in Breaking Bad? I am. Yeah. He was one of Saul's henchmen with our guy, Huel. Who lost a lot of weight for uh, Better Call Saul. Yes, he did. He was just a witness at uh, Kim Wexler and Saul Goodman's wedding in the episode I watched. All right, I'm going to go get ago. some, you know, no, that's take it. a leak here real that's quick, it. guys, if you're going to do this. Uh, Legerius Sneed, to pick up on what Donnie said about how Steelers fans fight with each other over when guys become available, should the Steelers pick them up or not. The Chiefs said at the Combine that they are going to franchise tag him. But at the same time, they are going to allow teams to talk to him and his agent. And if they can't find a long-term deal with Snead, they are going to give him permission to uh, do a sign-and-trade deal. Does he tickle your fancy? No, I... You know, the main reason why is I know you're paying at that point for a proven commodity, but just how much big money are you going to put on one side of the ball here? I just, I would rather if, like, Quinion Mitchell is... Even with the big uh, salary cap bump. Yes. Yeah, I just, come on, at some point, just spend some of the money commensurate, like, on the offensive well, side Well, if of I the told ball. you then that the Steelers had enough money to sign a player in free agency to a $20 million or more deal, who would you want it to be? I think we we could play this game a lot. I think I would still say if it's going to be a massive, huge money deal, probably Chris Jones. But that's on the defensive side of the ball, Chris. That just went against. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or T. Higgins, who obviously, who just got franchise yeah, tag, so that's also no longer a possibility. Uh, why am I blanking? Is Tyron Smith a? Uh, he is, but he's thirty-three. Agent? Yeah, but on a short-term deal, I'd probably do that. The thing of it is, like. You okay, so he'd play right tackle and Broderick would play left, or how would you do that? I would, situation? yeah, I would flip flop him. Be like whenever Flo's out of the hotel came in here. I, I think Smith's better than what Adams was, was at the end of his career. Yeah, but I for hear sure you. was. I was just thinking of other good tackle that played for the Cowboys. Donnie, I, how would you answer that question? Run it back for me. If I told you you were gonna, the Steelers were gonna sign a big name free agent to a deal that was more than twenty million dollars annually, who would you want it to be? And you can answer Kirk Cousins if you want. I'm not going to kill you for that. Well, I mean, that's that's about, $50 million yeah, dollars that's a year. about double what you just threw out there. See, I mean, I, I would say to – I know that Chris and I both are always, like, in sync on this. Like, there's already too much money on the defense. But then we want to answer with defensive players. 
Like, because well, like Chris Jones, I think, is a game record. That's the only reason I said it, because that's just where my brain jumps. I would, I would also venture for a corner. Like, are we assuming that it would that like Snead and Jalen Johnson are on the table? Or are you going to say no to those? No, I, uh, I Snead just, definitely I just told is on you the Snead table is, because he, you could they might do the deal you that could do way. Do a sign yeah. of trade. Yeah, like I would say one of those two guys, like get a like another already established corner, because I. I have a little bit of the fear still, but a lot of people saw what Joey Porter Jr. did last year, and now, like, that fear that we had 365 days ago of the Steelers drafting an early corner and developing him is just gone. It's like, well, it worked for PZ Jr., now it's going to work for everybody. I'm going to give you one. Mike Evans. Still really good. I didn't say it had to be like a five or six year deal. One I could year? sign him two years, forty million, something like that. Yeah, I mean he's a Hall of Fame player. A thousand yards every season, right? Every single year. I actually, yes, his uh, only even flirtation with it was in back to back years. He cleared it by six yards and by thirty five yards. What were his numbers last year? Oh, just a casual seventy nine catches for twelve hundred fifty five yards and a league leading thirteen touchdowns. He's a touchdown maker, man. Ninety four of them. He's going to have well over a hundred, dude. The guy is only going to be 31 next year. I know. Pretty absurd red zone target, too. That's why I take him. Uh, he's going to end up being one of those guys who, if he ends up playing till he's like 36 and stays pretty healthy, he's going to have some just disgusting career numbers. He could almost be like a, like a Fitzgerald of the generation. He is also very rare here that you say this about a guy with this resume. He is absolutely underrated. Like, you never hear him get brought up as a generational-level, like, wide because receiver. Because he's never been the best at his position. He's never had an A-B a peak. He's never been in the same breath as, like, a Calvin Johnson or um, uh, Julio Jones, somebody like that. I mean, but you can just – well, here's the other thing. He's he doesn't, been consistently very good. You know he doesn't catch like a ton that? of passes compared to those guys. He's, like, he's a, a big, big play guy. But you know who else is like that? Keenan Allen. Unbelievably consistent, puts up numbers every year, but never, I think, He's one really of good the for two the or three or four team. best receivers in the league. I would take Keenan Allen over, or I would take Mike Evans over Keenan Allen, though. Well, because he makes the touchdowns. Said like he makes the donuts. All right, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy, low 57 degrees. All right. If we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. 50-minute mark brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Peters. Celebrating 50 years. That was uh, the Bears GM, Ryan Poles saying today that uh, if they draft a quarterback or if they have plans on drafting a quarterback, they won't keep Justin Fields. Hmm. If you have plans on it, Ryan. Sure, buddy. If. By the way, I thought I heard Jesse's girl playing in the background in that clip at the Combine. Can you play it again? Because I was just If we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather yeah, the information. We'll move got it. Um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Wish I had Jesse's girl. Do you like that one? Donnie, fire that one up when you get a second. 
Yeah, I definitely heard it there. Louder towards the end, but you I can respect hear it. In the, middle. the song came out 40 years ago. They're at the combine. They're in a big convention center. the The DJ there is like, "I'm gonna play songs that these people have all known and loved, and I don't care if it drowns out NFL GM press conferences right, that everybody song, wants to hear." Better song. Rick Springfield, Jesse's Girl, Rick Derringer, Real American. Here it is. Uh, I think I like this one better. I think Donnie. Real American or this? Jesse is a friend, but I'm a real American and I fight for the rights of every is man. Is Rick, Rick Springfield, is he related to Buffalo? Yeah, I think they were uh, <laughs> twins, actually. Buffalo Springfield much older than but Rick. Can you name one Buffalo Spring, uh, Springfield song? The one that's like, stop, everybody children. stop, what's that sound? Everybody can you look, actually name that down? song? No. Wait, isn't it uh for what it's no? Was I getting there? You might want to finish the thought. Is it for what it's worth? Donnie, excuse, well done. In the he words was raised of, right by John Football. In the words of the late Jack Buck, excuse me while I stand and applaud. Very good, very good work. Great song. You like this song better than eight three, eight six seven eight six seven five three zero nine. Tommy Two Tone. Yep. Did that, did that phone number go anywhere? Like, did did they buy that up as part of a marketing campaign? Or was there some poor sap with that actual phone number just no, getting I, inundated? No, back when that song came out, that was a thing. That that phone number was getting called locally all the time by people. Can you imagine if you were a lonely single person and you're just <laughs> filling up with phone calls? You're making appointments, making you ever, dates. In a bathroom stall when you were, like, a teenager? Call such and someone's such like for a, for a good, good time. time. And then put one of your buddy's numbers on there? I actually do not think I did. I did. Which buddy? Rick Bach. Rick Bach. He ended up being my college roommate, actually, one year. So did anyone call Rick Bach f- looking for a good time? We actually, not. this is before cell phones. We put, like, his house phone number. Oh, that's a rough one right yeah. there. That's tough. Did his parents answer? His mom. Any relation to, uh, what was the guy's name, Johann Sebastian Bach? No. His mom had a, uh, <laughs> good one. Mom had a steady diet of Diet Mountain Dew and cigarettes. Man, just not still living. She is, I think, probably healthy she's, as a horse. She's good, yeah. She's gonna be one of the people that lives to be like a hundred. It was crazy, it, man. Here was my secret yep. just ripping heaters and drinking diet do. Oh, yeah. Her she body is just smoker. her body's just a chemical right now. It's like yellow five in nicotine. Her husband was a uh lawyer. One rule there needed to be an apple pie for after dinner every night. She didn't Get have to out make of it. Here. Who I is she? Mel Kuyper. Who is he? Mel Kuyper. She didn't have to make it. I mean, she could go to the the store. She go to Giant bakery. Eagle and get one. But there had to be apple pie in the house. The husband sounds wit. I'll be real honest here. The husband, way weirder person, who's probably got like serial killer tendencies than the wife. I think he was twenty years older than her. Yeah. So he was like, almost like grandpa to Rick Bach. Yes. He'd have to have His been. mom was probably in her mid to late 40s when we were in high school, okay, and his dad so, was in his 60s. All right, so th- so there's no way he's still with us. He's not. No. Unfortunately. She's, is she still ripping heels? He's like 104. Yes. She's I, 84. I, I, I'm guessing it. Th- yeah, I, I think old habits die hard. I bet she's well, still. She's probably in her late 60s at this point. Yep. 
just drinking. She's do, doing the do. I have not had a mountain. Bar- I have not had a, a mountain dew. dew. I've not had a mountain dew in probably twenty years. Never. I've never uh, from start to finish. I won't say something that's not true and say I've never consumed uh, any Mountain Dew. I have never taken a can or a bottle of Mountain Dew and consumed the entire thing. I have had Mountain Dew in like brief fleeting sips and I hate it. Absolutely hate it. I think I liked it as a kid because I almost felt like I was getting away with something bad. Yeah, like when I went so to the 92 Royal Rumble with my uncle, my uncle Bill, when he took me to that, mm-hmm. he was like, here's a, came in that like it was like in a wax paper cup with the old Pepsi logo on it from the early 90s. He's like, here, kid, you can have some of this. It's like the gr- – I thought I was basically drinking moonshine really? with him because my parents were – Oh, because Mountain Dew was like a thing that parents watched out for. That yeah. Oh, you want to talk about – Surge. No, Jolt. Jolt was bad too. See, my favorite, uh, my favorite of all the soft drinks all time, still unquestioned. Did they take Squirt. Jolt off the – the my uncle, soda. my uncle Tim loved Squirt. Dude, I'm a huge fan of it. Still, I might. I'm. I'm thinking about the taste right now, and I might stop and get some. Whatever like, happened to uh, Sierra Mist? Did it got phased like, out. Go phased out for that star, starry drink. Now, never tried it. Yeah, big, big pop just took that out. We got a big problem in the Muller house where Lennox now. Alex likes to buy these. They're almost like for, perfect for like mixing bar drinks. Mm-hmm. The uh, the little like eight ounce cans oh, and yeah. stuff. I hate and that. Lennox is all about the little eight ounce can of Sprite. Well, um, Amanda's done that too. Not like good. in, in the fridge, Sprite. we've got the little cans. It's like just grow up and drink a whole soda, okay? Just just wait until Lennox has his first uh, Coke or Sprite at McDonald's. That's gonna blow his mind. I thought you were gonna say just wait until he has his first cigarette. No, never smoked one. In never your smoked life? a cigarette. I think it's. I could see Donnie as the type of guy he gets a few in him. Hey, you want one? Sure. I absolutely am. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I think no, I, took, I, mean, I not, took one puff one time, and I was like, yep. Just I'm to not, say I'm I not did turning once. into a chimney or anything like that. Like, but... I bet you get Donnie in those nasty boy road oh, trips. Oh, he rips he a few probably, The over-under on cigarettes smoke. What do you call him? Nine and a half. You say, like, hey, give me a dart. Heater. Heater. I, yeah, I'll normally bone. throw around, like. Bone. I, I'll throw around, like, all the, the little names. No, normally, I just go with the six. I was a Swisher Sweets guy when I would drink. With the tips? The plastic tips. No, on I mean if if I had to, but I was the regular one. Texas Keith like the backwood cigars. You ever have those? My buddies like those. I thought those were disgusting. I once got. I kind of like them. I once got so absolutely hammered. One of the times I remember this bunch, but there wasn't much interest in Dodd. Light a Swisher Sweet. I'm like, why isn't it taking? Why isn't it taking? I was trying to light the filter. I had the Swisher <laughs> in my mouth backwards and just tried to light the filter for a solid minute or two. No one around me to tell me where I was wrong. All right, the account on Twitter, NFL Notifications. Oh, yes, good old NFL Notifications. Has tweeted this out, rumor alert. The Steelers have offered the Bears their second-round pick, 51st overall, as well as some additional late-round picks for Justin Fields. However, the Bears currently want the Steelers' first-round pick in return. Deontay Johnson is also a name. That has been brought up in talks. Many of my followers on Twitter and some of our listeners think this is real. Do you guys? No. No way? At NFL Notify, it's some idiot that bought a blue check and now is just throwing slop at the wall. Donnie, have you seen this? And uh, now tweet? Every, all the little piggies go to their troughs and want to talk about it. I have seen the tweet. Now, I will give credit to uh, Nick Farabaugh, who I know is out at the combine with little Joe Smeltzer. Uh, he 
quote tweeted it with our guy Jonathan Frakes. Like that minute long clip of Our writers made it up. Yeah, total That's fiction. False. This one was made up by a writer. That guy. What time did this uh tweet go out from this account? Uh here. Oh yeah. no. No, they've got another rumor. You're missing one. Latest rumor. Justin Fields Camp has listed the Steelers as top destination if he were to be traded. Fields has respect for Mike Tomlin and the young pieces they have in place. Believes they can do some, quote, real damage. Source. Trade conversations are progressing. Bears keen on waiting to to hear all uh, offers and gather info on draft prospects. Here's how you know. This is NFL Notify's pinned tweet. You ask source. Tweets leaked by our sources that have been confirmed. So they just want you to read the pinned tweet and decide that everything that's out there is a confirmed leak from one of their, quote, sources. These people are full of an ocean of you-know-what. <laughs> I think what happened with this tweet was FanDuel put out one of their cute graphics where they have Justin Fields with a Steelers headband on, the Steelers logo and the Bears logo, and it says, who says no? And it's the Steelers receive Justin Fields, Bears receive 51st pick, 121st pick, and a fourth-round pick next year. And that tweet went out at 12.30 today. And I think this NFL notified tweet just saw that and then made it seem like it was a real story because the NFL notify in there said the 51st pick in additional picks, right? Mm-hmm. Know what it said? Yes. And that was the make-believe trade that FanDuel put out there as a hypothetical. I would hear I, – I can't prove this, and I'm not going to actually bet money on it. But if I had to, I would bet that whoever is running at NFL Notify is under is in their teens. In fact, I would say it's like a better than 25% chance it's a high school student. Let me ask you guys this. I'll try to turn this into a serious conversation then. It's now been confirmed that as long as the Bears are going to take a quarterback, they are going to trade Justin Fields. The GM went on the record and said that today. Mm-hmm. Also, the coach, Eberflus, was asked what they were looking for in a quarterback and he said something about, like, big-time fourth-quarter play. Mm-hmm. And Fields had the worst passer rating in the NFL in the fourth quarter, <laughs> the most interceptions in the fourth quarter, and the worst completion percentage in the fourth quarter. Boy, Matt's really playing his cards close to the vest there. Yeah. What is the highest pick you would give up for Fields? The 51st. I wouldn't give up the first-round pick. It's very simple for me. I'd give up the second. Too many other needs that should be able to be addressed by a premium player who should be available. It's a deep, it's a very deep draft. It seems like for tackles, it's a pretty deep draft for centers in the sense that I think people feel like three of them are going to go in the top ninety picks. Van Pran, the other one from Georgia, Cedric Van Pran. He's a short arms guy. I'll just warn everyone. Uh, it's a deep draft for cornerbacks. Again, another place where they still need more help. I would not trade that first-round pick under any circumstances for Fields. And I know what you're going to say, so I'll even try to head it off at the pass. If you are so convinced Fields is the man, then you should be willing to trade that pick for him. I'm not. I just think he's better than what they have, and it's like a worthwhile play at the lottery for me. I actually wasn't going to ask you that question, but I am happy that you explained why the first-round pick would be off the table. Yeah. Donnie, what is the highest pick you would give up for Fields? Yeah, I would go with that second. I wouldn't touch the first. Uh, it would either be um, the second or like a third and then day three pick. But the absolute best pick you're giving up, like the 
the uh, big the head- biggest piece the, in the deal is the, the-, the headliner would be 51st overall pick. I'm a little bit surprised to hear Donnie say he would give up the 51st pick because he thinks well he wants JPJ at 20, so he doesn't worry about Zach Frazier hopefully falling at yeah, 51. That's he- why that's why I'm bringing that up. I don't, in your I don't center know. in the draft. I don't know if if he's going to be there. I don't think 51. he will, but you can use that pick to move up. Yeah, you could into the forties. But, uh, but to to answer this question for you, it'd be the fifty first pick. Okay, I did. Um, I did our PFF mock today. A lot of people talking about it. Mm. Uh, I I call this one the true version one point We'll have a lot of them coming out in the future. Uh, Frazier, just for anyone wondering, the way I had it set which was like all neutral because you can like mess with the team's draft for need or any of that. I tried to set it as neutrally as I could. Van, um, Man, that's really in the – they're getting in the weeds now with the, these mock draft so, simulators, huh? So JPJ, 11th overall, okay? I took Quinion Mitchell because he was – he was actually uh, – Wiggins was still available from Clemson, but we know Quinion Mitchell. Who's JPJ again? Jackson Powers Johnson. Okay. I mean, I know. I think Joey people Porter hear you Jr. say that, and that's what they think. Well, we've got two years in a row where there's a JPJ yep. on their radar. Frazier went like 27th or 28th to the Lions. So, like, both of the so guys you were, went. You were SOL there at center. Oh, and then people got so mad when I picked Ricky Pearsall in the second round. A Florida wide receiver who we confirmed is a white man, in case yes, some people were wondering. A loyal about listener that. to the show thought we were uh, thought we were incorrect there, and then had to had to backtrack. I'm going to I'm going to shock you guys with something. Yes. I think the top pick I'd give up is the third round pick. And I say that as someone that's gotten uh, excited. I've talked myself into fields and the high-end ability there. And I watch the Steelers-Bears game in person. And I think that there's, when he's at his best, I think he can be, I think he can be a franchise quarterback. But I don't see a lot of competition for him. And... This is the other thing. I'm willing to accept Russell Wilson as the consolation prize. How big of a uh, gulf do you think there is in how each of those guys would perform in this offense next year? Because if you don't, uh, I think Fields would do better because how I much think because I think well, I think Fields would just give you the running element so much more than Russell Wilson would. But let me put it this way: like, let's take the rushing part of it out objectively, who would throw more touchdown passes in the Steelers' offense next year, Wilson or Fields? Well, that's, I think I'd still say Wilson. Well, that's what I was actually going to ask you next. Is that's he, why he's the Fields consolation prize for me. And I think actually the pendulum is swung in the Steelers' direction where they have more leverage here because there's not a lot of other bidders for Fields. In a, in a one-year scenario for only next year, and I understand that the appeal of Fields is you think if it hits and it works, he's your guy for the next 10 to 12 but in a next year scenario, given the acquisition cost, I think Wilson's probably the better like overall pick. Just strictly talking, what does it cost you to get him? Nothing in the way of picks. He's going to get cut. What do you have to pay him? 1.2 or whatever it is. What do you have to give up to get Fields? At least a third and probably your second instead of the third. And then what do you have to do after that? Guarantee the man his fifth-year option most likely. So there's, plus million. A, so there's a fake trade rumor going around right now that the Steelers are negotiating with the with the Bears. They're talking trade. The Steelers have offered a second-round pick, but the Bears are holding out for a first, and they're also trying to get Deontay Johnson in the deal. Now, we don't think that this is true, 
because it comes from a Twitter account called NFL Notifications. However, the Bears GM confirmed today that Fields is going to get traded if the Bears use their first pick on a quarterback. And let's face it, there's like a 99.999% chance that that's what they'll do with the draft pick. So my question for you is this. It's straightforward. It's simple. What would you give up for Justin Fields? 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. It's really interesting right now with the Steelers. It feels like they can almost have their pick of the litter when it comes to three guys at quarterback. Mason Rudolph, multiple reports are that there's not going to be a big market for him. Justin Fields, who, yeah, the Steelers would have to give up something in a trade, but not as much as Adam Schefter projected a month ago when he said first-round pick. That ship has definitely sailed. It's almost like Schefter was trying to do somebody a favor there. Mm. Not saying he was. Has he ever done that before? Has he ever gotten caught red-handed with that? No, but do you think that that goes on with him and the Woges of the world? That if they get in their stuff I'm being facetious. I think he did get caught. Remember he, like, directly copy and paste that one tweet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Editor. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, actually affected a draft pick compensation type thing. No, yeah, he got caught with the Mr. Editor thing. And then the the last guy uh, is Russell Wilson. And his willingness to play for the league minimum because the Broncos have to pay him $37 million this year. And the way the contract is written up, uh, they'll pay that. Like, if the Steelers, doesn't matter, if the Steelers paid, if the Steelers signed him to a $20 million a year offer, he couldn't double dip. There's no impetus for Wilson to play for a dime more than the veteran minimum because... He's going to get that money no matter what. He can't make more than $37 million. It's a matter of who signs the checks. Quite honestly, he probably wants to stick it to the Broncos even more. That's what people are uh, expecting, and that's how I would feel if I were him. I wouldn't want to give them the big middle finger for the way they embarrassed me at the end of the year if I were in issues. Rank the three, factoring in acquisition cost and your expected performance. Rank those three guys who you'd most want to have in least. Fields, Wilson, and Rudolph. Is that a just-for-next-year thing? Yeah. Okay. Donnie, same with you. Fields, Wilson, Rudolph, in that order? Yeah. I, I would go with that. I'm tempted, even though I said I'm not really that keen on Wilson, to say him just for next year because it's, it's such a lottery ticket price. It's so low risk. But the idea that you'd actually find the guy with Fields who's actually younger than the guy you just drafted two years ago is still too tempting. Here is Chase on the fan. Hello, Chase. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, I would still say for, I think the value, I think you have to go Russell Wilson Uh, league minimum. You don't have to give up first, second, third round pick to get him. Um, I think that's a smart play here. What would you give up for fields? Uh, For fields, man, I'm fine with Deontay Johnson leaving town, but I give up a third round pick and Deontay Johnson for him. Would you do that, Chris? It seems too rich, actually. It does feel like too much. If you can get him for the third-round pick because a market doesn't develop, then you wouldn't want to strip him of one of his best targets next year in the process. You'd want to give him everybody you could possibly have. Like, I I really don't think you would need to do both of those things. Yeah, but the thing I like about trading Johnson is that it gives you even more flexibility to bring in another wide receiver in free agency. Is that guy going to be definitively better than Deontay Johnson? 
Not definitively, but I think possibly better. Who do you have in mind when you say that, though, out loud? Well, let me go to my handy-dandy list of NFL free agents that listed Jacoby Brissett as better than Baker Mayfield, Chris, and see who pops in there. Michael Pittman Jr. Big physical guy. Calvin Ridley. When he isn't betting on sports. I feel like a lot of potential there that still hasn't been realized and might never be. Hollywood Brown. Pass. Really? I don't know why. I've never thought he was that good. I know that's like a that's like well, one of he's those, more of a number two receiver just like Johnson. Well, is. that's that's more of an eye test thing than anything. But I've just never been that impressed. Gabe Davis. I feel like too many drops. One trick, not a one trick pony, but like, is he going to be as good independent of Josh Allen? Big game, Gabe. Four touchdowns in the infamous thirteen seconds game. Yep. Who else? I'm flipping. There's like four. Darryl, Darnell Mooney. No, I would agree with that. Uh, let's see who else here. K.J. Osborne? No. Uh, Odell Beckham? More intriguing than it probably should be, but I think I'd probably pass. Tyler Boyd? Boyd's intrig. I think Boyd's probably the most realistic one in a lot of ways, but how much money is he going to command? And then Michael Thomas is the last one. Uh, can't guard Mike? Actually, I feel like people can guard Mike these days. That's his Twitter handle for anyone scoring at home. If you traded... Deontay Johnson mm-hmm. and signed Calvin Ridley and then drafted a wide receiver on day two. I like that situation better than what they have right now. Like, so you're, saying you th- like you're basically saying you like Calvin Ridley better than Deontay. Yeah. The first round pedigree so you have guy. Calvin jo- so you'd have um, George Pickens, Calvin Ridley, and then the receiver that you took with the uh, Johnson pick. Ridley's been a confounding player. I mean, he had a thousand yard season. I you know, I know he's had two of them actually, and, and the one he had in Atlanta was a huge year. He just I thought uh, he was a little bit of a disappointment this year, to yeah, be honest I'm, with you. I'm flummoxed by what has held well, him so back was Ju- from so being. So was Deontay. I'm I'm flummoxed by what has held him back from becoming great. Because I actually thought he had like the potential to be well, a Well, he had some off the guy. field issues and it wasn't sports betting stuff. He had like mental health stuff, which I'm not glossing over that is really serious but I think maybe that's impacted his play at least for a big part of his career I can't speak to last year he didn't miss any games Justin's on the fan hello Justin how's it going fellas hey man hey um I honestly think if I give anything up for field it's going to be a fourth rounder at best because kind of like you said earlier pony his uh Fourth quarter stats aren't great, and ultimately the guys there to play uh, quarterback. I didn't, know, I didn't know that about it. I didn't know that about him. And thank you, Justin. I that that's that's an oversight on my part. And that way, he's kind of the anti Kenny. Maybe you could play Fields for three quarters and bring Kenny in as the closer, and you could like create a song for him, like Renegade. Like he comes out of a, the bullpen like the closer there. How about that song by Jewel? My hands, they are not yours. They are. <laughs> His, does anybody in this draft among the quarterbacks have small hands like Kenny? I don't think Are we going to get that this week? Are I don't we going to small hand in, talk again? I don't think anybody in the history of hand measurements at the Combine has small hands like Kenny. we going to get tiny, tiny hand discussion? Anybody got giant hands like the Jim Drunken Miller, like gorilla hands? Yeah, I think Pinnix does actually. Well, Pinnock's, I think Pinnock's every has time just I, absolute meat hooks. Every time I watched Pinnix throw the ball, it looked like the ball was a very small object compared to like... When you ever Kenny, see Kawhi Leonard's hands? Well, Kawhi Leonard's got some of the biggest hands in NBA history. They're like baseball mitts. Man, good for him. 
Penix is uh, ten and three eighths. That is almost Drucken Miller levels. Why did you say good for him to Kawhi Leonard? Well, you know what I mean. No, Pony, I don't. I think you should spell out what you mean. You know what I'm putting down, don't you? It doesn't sound like I do. We all go through adversity. What about my meat, though? I don't want to talk about your meat, man. Okay. <laughs> I paid a lot for my meat, though, you know. A lot of support over the days, you know. I thought massages would be, like, the most I pay on my body, but it's the body part that costs the most is my meat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think, like, Lords of London would insure his meat? They insure Lloyd's. Jay Lloyd's. Lloyd's? Yeah, Lord's. <laughs> I thought it was Lord's. Lloyd's. Yeah, Lloyd's. Didn't they insure J-Lo's butt? I think so. They've done that. With, with, so, uh, would they... Would they Very important body would parts. Would they insure a famous male adult film stars? Like Johnny, like our boy Johnny Sins. Big I'm, Steelers I'm, fan. I'm wondering if they would. If that's the person's livelihood and something were to happen to right. it. Like, don't you think that would happen with a vocalist? Like Adele or somebody yeah. like that would make sure that their vocal cords are insured? There's a, Mariah Carey? Yeah, Anthony Kim, who's going back to the Live Tour, took out a $10 million, cashed in a $10 million insurance policy because he, like, didn't well, want to play golf. They, they said before NIL, that's what college players they would, would do. They would take out big, uh, expensive insurance policies if they got hurt in any of those, like, late-season games. Yep. I would think some insurer... As tawdry as it might be, if it was a male adult film star, would insure their uh, private parts. Yes. Genitalia. Each of the times he came available last year. And then he writes, and this is for me. 1.2 and change. Thank you. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.